Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Well, isn't life exciting these days? <laughs> We've got a, a tyrannical dictatorial deep state who stole the election. We've got uh, Kevin McDeep State and Illegal Brandon negotiating uh, how quickly to put us into economic suicide. Um, we've got my very good friend, Catherine Arnett, who's about to face yet another court-martial, uh, the first one they, they abated the charges. And what else is happening? I don't know. It's kind of an interesting day, but this is, this is how we do things around here. And so it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, just kind of from Wendy. Uh, Wendy's going to be on in the next uh, half hour, bottom of this, uh, bottom of this hour. And then I've got uh, the good news is we've got Shelby. Well, Wendy's good news, too. Sorry, Wendy. <laughs> but uh, we've got uh, Shelby Frenette, our cruise and travel um, reporter, director. You know, uh, Shelby's amazing. Anyway, we haven't heard from her for a while, and she's back for a half an hour today. Hopefully longer. We'll see. But she's going to be in the third hour. So you've got Wendy at the bottom of this hour, then, uh, you know, get an hour of me. <laughs> then you've got uh, Shelby. And uh, I haven't played her theme for a while, so it's going to be nice to, uh, to get her theme back on the air. I made things for most of my reporters. I still have a couple for the new ones, but we'll see how that goes. Live chat is up. Live chat is up and running. So anybody wants to check in there, feel free. The bottom of your broadcast page, if you're listening live, you can check into live chat and just type us from anywhere in the world. And also we have uh, the Skype line. Skype line is up and running. It's, uh, it, it, it's the international line. You contact it online. And it's uh, fed directly into the show here. And the thing is, you have to call in one day, and then I have to approve your account, and then you can call in the next day um, at will. And away you go. That's how that works. So there's a lot of things that's going on, a lot of ways to reach us here. Um, but uh, And, of course, share the podcast, share the shows. You know, it, it's, I never, I never knew, know what's going to happen exactly on the show because so much of this is improvised. And Monday was just extraordinary. I had no idea we were going to get Catherine on net for two hours. I had no idea that, uh, uh, that Dorothy was going to be so good and, and uh, bring something totally different than her normal report uh, to the show. Uh, no, no idea that Jonathan was going to be as, you know, as insightful. Uh, and we had, uh, it, was just, it was just incredible. And then uh, Catherine came back uh, yesterday with uh, Brianna Cannon, who's our, who's our wonder reporter. It was just amazing. And we're talking about Patriot Academy and a lot of things that uh, Catherine is a Marine you know, wasn't as aware of in terms of, I mean, she knew, but she didn't know. Had, you know, a lot of it, as she said on the show yesterday, a lot of it was confirmed about the world government, about the things that are going on. And we talked about several issues, you know, that uh, the whole idea of serving, you know, who are you serving? You know, if our government has sold us out to the world government, you know, are we in fact, are, are our soldiers in fact serving our government and our people, or are they serving something totally different? Like, um, I remember the United Nations, you know, pretty much controlled the war in Korea and Vietnam for that matter. But, you know, who was the, I think they had UN flags uh, over our soldiers instead of United States flags. Things go on. And so we're now, we've got uh, the deep state, which is metaphorically the same thing as, you know, the empire. <laughs> so if you remember Star Wars, Star Wars is really uh, great for metaphors. So you got the good guys, us, you know, Luke Skywalker, Yoda, <laughs> you know, Han Solo, we're, we're, we're the good guys, you know, Chewie, <laughs> Chewbacca, we're the good guys. You know, versus the bad guys, the emperor, you know, and uh, uh, all, all the, the, you know, and uh, what's his name? <sighs> you know him, Darth Vader. I think that's German for Dark Father. Anyway, so the Ziggurat's complete old man, and now I am the master. So I'll be doing my, like, dark side voices today. 
You know, Star Wars is fun to play with. <laughs> it's, it's like a hobby doing impressions. You can't win, Dal. If you strike me down, I shall rise up more powerful than you can possibly imagine. That's a, you know, that's my my very weak Alec Guinness. And of course, there's always Yoda. Mm, force is strong with us today. Going to be a good show, it is. Mm. Anyway, so uh, these things are just hobbies. <laughs> I throw them in every once in a while. So hopefully uh, Bill Fecky will be back uh, during the Bill Fecky report because he's been gone for several months uh, doing all kinds of other stuff, but uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. So those are my announcements. That's kind of what's going on. Uh, I've got more things planned, different things planned. We've got a, a new uh, person, a media person, Jessica Rivera, is going to be on with us uh, Friday at uh, 8 o'clock. Tomorrow, just us, <laughs> as usual. Uh, of course, we've got CJ with her, her wellness watch. But Friday's going to be interesting. Jessica is a, is a new friend. Uh, a new Facebook friend. I have not talked to her. And so it'd be really interesting to get her take on media uh, as we are creating entirely new media here. And that's what makes it so much fun. Okay. So over the last couple of days, I was going over our constitutional amendment to um, take away the power of Congress to borrow money. And part of it kind of bothered me and I didn't really know. And and ideally I want to check with uh, Stephen Moore at Heritage the economists at Heritage, to sort of go over this language. And I'm hoping to get uh, my own congressperson, Matt Gates, um, to, to weigh in on an opinion on this as well. In fact, I'll be sending him this after the show. But the original language uh, was that um, um, the first part is still the same, you know, which says that Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution shall be amended by striking Clause 2 to borrow money on the credit of the United States. And so that's gone. That, in this amendment, that's gone. But the second part uh, I had um, initially... I had to just let me get my comments here. See, I put, I put uh, in comments, I'll put the previous versions of the bill. So we always can refer back to it and, and talk about what we, what we had, uh, how we've improved it. So then I changed it to say Section 8, Clause 1 shall be amended by adding at the end, and Congress shall have no power to borrow money on the credit of the United States, nor to print money to cover expenses greater than revenues. And so um, that's not bad. Actually, I think I changed it. That's not, or is this in order to print money greater than revenues? And then, and then I added to cover expenses greater than revenues. That may be enough. But then I modified it a little bit further. I figured while I'm at it, I might as well take out the Fed as well. And so we can, if we can do both uh, at, at one, uh, in one amendment, why not, right? So the original, uh, the, here's what the Constitution says. Check out my pocket Constitution. I have some, I've got like three of them here. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Let me get my big one. We the people, Constitution of the United States and the Declaration of Independence, put up by the John Birch Society. So the biggest constitution, therefore the easiest one to read. Article 1, Section 8, which is where all the delegated powers are for Congress, where they can spend money. It says very clearly, the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. Now, not for special interests, but general welfare of the United States, in other words, everybody and everything. Uh, it's, a very, uh, it's one of those weird clauses. But anyway, then it says, but all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. In other words, the taxes and stuff won't be uh, you know, variable, of course, except for state taxes, which they can do uh, independently. Anyway, so Congress, uh, so anyway, Section 8 says the Congress shall have the power to, and then it lists Clause 1, which is the ones I just mentioned. Then the second clause, says, actually a sentence, says to borrow money on the credit of the United States. Well, this is where all the problems are. So as we've, uh, I think, uh, Kevin McDeepstate and Illegal Brandon uh, are just the latest versions, but I think uh, Congress has demonstrated um, since, you know, 1900, or certainly since 1913 when we lost all our freedom uh, due to the Progressive Acts, uh, which were the, the income tax, federal income tax, taxing people directly, which should never happen, 
the federal government should only be able to tax the states. States should be able to tax the people. But there should never be a direct tax between the federal government and the people. That's just that's that's not that that is not a republic. That's not what a free society uh, will tolerate. Anyway, um, so that's that's one of the first things. So the the federal income taxes, I think, it's the Sixteenth Amendment uh, from the the you know the day the freedom died. You know, you hear about the day the music died. The day the music died. Yeah. Uh, well, this is this is the day the freedom died. So freedom died in, in, in uh, 1913. First one was the uh, 16th Amendment, I believe that's the number, that uh, added a federal income tax where the, the federal government could tax people directly. That has to be changed. That, that just gets revoked. There's, there's no you know, problem there. The second one that gets revoked uh, is the 17th Amendment, which says that the senators shall be elected by the people along with the House. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's a democracy thing. And since we're a republic, it is, it is unconstitutional to bring more democracy to our republic. Since we are a republic, Article 4, Section 4 says we are guaranteed a republican form of government, which means, you know, the, 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 the people have a voice, but the people can be easily swayed. <laughs> you know, people can be bought. And so you never want to have the whole uh, with a democracy. Otherwise, you, you lose all freedom because people vote away their freedom in exchange for free stuff. And so this is why the founders knew, as I know, as everybody knows who studies this, that the idea of, of, uh, of a popular everything uh, is stupid because everybody loses their freedom because people are, are greedy and selfish and ignorant and, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, have no idea what they're voting for. Um, that's, that's part of freedom. We kind of, you know, take that package deal. But the truth is that freedom has to almost be imposed on people so that those of us who really want it get it. Uh, that's what the revolutionary founders, the fathers, founding fathers did. They, one third of the population basically imposed freedom on the other two thirds, <laughs> you know, and it's good, you know, it's like the benevolent dictatorship. So we gave you freedom. And, uh, just because one third of you wanted to go to Canada and be loyalists, that was my family actually. Uh, and one third didn't care cause they were doing the equivalent of uh, football and hot dogs. Uh, and one third of the people really made the change. And the same thing in this country, one third of the people are politically active. You know, half on the extreme left, Marxist totalitarians want to destroy this country, uh, and, and, have, and the other half, you know, patriots, independents, freedom-loving people, limited government, constitutions, individual rights, things like that. That's basically how the country divides up right now. So you've got one-third of the people, so basically one-sixth are, are, are tyrannical uh, totalitarians, and one-sixth are freedom-loving independents uh, who believe in individual rights, and the middle's kind of like, we're not sure. <laughs> the middle two-thirds, yeah, we don't know. And pay me a third of those, that two-thirds are independents, and I don't know. And the other third just doesn't care. <laughs> so that's how it lines up. Anyway, so for those that do care, that care deeply and can actually move and change things, those are the folks that this show is really dedicated to so that we can bring the other uh, two-thirds along. And the Marxists, it eh, ain't going to happen. So, you know, they just need to be politically uh, rendered uh, neutered. <laughs> That's a whole. That's a whole other story. We'll work on that later. All right. So back to the Constitution. So, so if we take away this one clause to borrow money on the credit of the United States, if we take that clause away uh, in this amendment, uh, then we can do a lot of good things. So this would be the actually. There's three things that happened in um, 1913. I forgot the last one. The Federal Reserve Act. So you, you've got to either just repeal the Federal Reserve Act, get rid of the Federal Reserve, because it's a federal central bank privately run controlling our money. That's insane. Uh, and that's, they, that's going to make it very easy for them to impose a central bank digital cur- currency, which is economic suicide, too, and complete elimination of all economic freedom, which is a right. I believe that, that we have the right to uh, – if we have the right to property, we have the right to – and money is our property, then we have the right to spend our, our money as we see fit, not as the government sees fit. Because they never do it right. They, they reward, reward things. Imagine affirmative action money policy where you have to spend your money based on affirmative action. 
that's what that's what this could be you know run into and in fact the social credit scores well you didn't spend enough money on black businesses you bought too many uh things from asian and white businesses therefore we're going to cut your money <laughs> we're just we're, we're going to make you spend it on, on black owned businesses that would be affirmative action of the currency okay that's insane um uh, but uh these wacko leftists that might be very well what they're thinking and, and, and i'm not telling them anything they haven't already thought of so don't it's not like i'm giving them ideas they've already got the ideas they just don't want us to know them yet Anyway, so the three things that have to be changed are the Federal Reserve Act from 1913, the income tax from 1913, and the last one being that the senators have to be uh, elected by their state representatives. Again, the state legislatures have to go back to uh, uh, appointing and electing the senators to, to Congress so the states have representation. So the way the, the way the government was set up as a republic, in other words, um, federalism separation of powers, checks and balances. There is no check and balance on the Senate, uh, on the Congress, if both the Senate and the House are elected by the people. That's a democracy, and that always ends up in tyranny. Um, so the House is elected by the people with congressional districts. That's good. That's a good thing. The Senate is elected by the states. So the states have representation too. So the people have representation directly through the House. The states have representation directly through the Senate. And the president is elected by all the states through the Electoral College. To the president, you know, should be elected by all the states. That's the way it works. So you don't want the president elected by the people in a popular vote because now you're back to democracy and you're screwed. So everything has to be done to, to limit democracy, as it's called, um, which is the voice of the people unrestrained by anything. Because uh, that's crazy. Because the people will vote away rights. The people don't believe in uh, process. The people don't understand the Constitution because they don't read it. It's not that it's hard to stand. They just don't read it. So there's the gap. So in order for freedom to work best, it has to be a republic. Powers have to be separated. Uh, the people get so much direct voice. The states get so much direct voice uh, individually for their senators, and the states get co- collectively, they elect electors to the Electoral College, and that determines who the president is. Because the president represents the United States to the world. The Senate represents the states, and the House represents the people. That's how it works. That's the separation of powers. Works great. So we have to get back to it. All right. So here's where I changed the bill. I changed it to, instead of saying uh, what it originally said, uh, was that, um, let me go back here, that second clause. Uh, Section 8, Clause 1, shall be amended by adding at the end, and Congress shall have no power to borrow money on the credit of the United States, nor to print money in excess of revenues. That's what it originally said. What I've got now, which I think is better language, and I'll run this by uh, my Congressman Matt Gates um, a little bit later on um, today, is it says Section 8, Clause 1 shall be amended by adding at the end, and Congress shall have no power to borrow money on the credit of the United States, nor to print money to cover expenses, nor authorize the purchase or holding of securities, nor to authorize or permit any central bank, nor allow any control of money beyond Congress. I should probably put the money, nor allow any control of the money beyond Congress. So what does that do? Why, why, what does all that mean? Okay, let's, let's take them one by one. So the first one is, is that uh, Congress shall have no power to borrow money on the credit of the United States. Now, does that mean they can borrow money other ways? I guess it does. But who's going to loan money to Congress? <laughs> They've got a terrible track record of paying back. If Congress went to a commercial bank and said, we'd like to borrow a trillion dollars, <laughs> the bank would laugh at them. First of all, I'd say, well, we don't have a trillion dollars. And Congress will say, okay, well, we'll just print it which brings us to the next point. <laughs> and that's the problem. So the way this works, and I've got a really fascinating article I found, uh, which I'll get into in just, uh, just a minute here, um, which talked about how the Fed prints money. So the, so the Fed, which is the illegal central bank, 
uh, the private bank consortium that uh, makes our Federal Reserve notes, which are not real money, uh, even though they say for all debts, uh, legal, legal tender for all debts, public and private, they're actually not money. If it said U.S. dollar from the Treasury, then it would be real money. But because this is Federal Reserve note, is it really not real money? And yet our economy works because everybody believes it's real money, uh, and I use it too. <laughs> I, I just know it's not real money. All right. So if we can get rid of Congress borrowing money on the credit of the United States, that's the first part. The second part, nor to print money to cover expenses. So in other words, there's no deficit spending. There's no, the budget has to be balanced every year. Now, I don't like the balanced budget amendment because it always has an escape clause, an emergency clause. You know, it's got a way out of it. So the, all your balanced budget amendments basically suck. But I did the same thing in seven words, nor to print money to cover expenses. Yeah, so that, that takes out, um, there's your balanced budget amendment right there, nor to print money to cover expenses. No escape clause, no emergency escape, no nothing. Then I put nor authorize the purchase or holding of securities. Okay, now why did I put that in there? Well, because this article I read yesterday, which talks about the way that the Fed um, prints money. Well, they can't print money completely out of nothing. So what they do is they end up buying securities. And when they buy securities, uh, they have to print the money to buy the securities. So, and those are the securities they loan out. So in other words, the treasury bills, treasury bonds, things like that. I guess they buy them first, and then they sell them and pay interest on them. So in order to buy them, uh, they don't have the money because the Fed doesn't have money, so they print it out of thin air. They just basically print up money, and they say, we're going to buy the securities. Well, where does that money go? Back into the economy. And then it lowers the value of everybody's dollar because the Fed's dumping, you know, trillions of dollars into the economy. Then uh, the, the economy gets weaker because every one of those trillions of dollars makes your dollars worth less. Because more of them. Remember the pizza pie. Remember the pizza pie. Pizza pie is the economy, right? So you have a large pizza. That's the whole economy, right? If you have eight slices in your pizza pie, you know, just imagine eight dollars in the economy. Oh, dollars are worth a whole lot. Well, let's say you want more dollars. Well, cut your pizza pie into 16 slices. Well, you've got 16 slices. You've got twice as much money. But each one is half the size. That'd be like half the value. So in other words, if you have eight slices worth a dollar, and you cut them in half, now each slice is worth 50 cents. You've got more slices, but you don't have any more pizza. The only way you get more pizza is to make the pizza bigger. Go to extra large. And that's called growth. That's economic growth. So the only way to get, make your, your money worth more is to have a bigger pizza pie. In other words, a bigger economy. And that happens through growth. All right? So, so that's how it works. So you can cut your pizza, your large pizza, into a million slices. You can cut it into a trillion slices. Cut it into 10 trillion slices. Pretty thin. <laughs> you know? You'd have, a whole, you'd have more slices than you could possibly imagine, but you still have the same size pie. So in order to get more wealth into the economy, uh, in order, to, make the, you know, in order to, to get more value to your dollar, you have to make the entire economy bigger. One of the ways to do that is to not print extra money. So getting back to my point here, uh, so this clause, nor authorize the purchase or holding of securities. So in other words, the federal government cannot and the Congress cannot authorize the holding of securities, which means the Fed cannot buy securities and then print money out of nothing to dump into the economy. So no more quantitative easing, no nothing. So this basically is the end of the Fed. Because if they can't... Uh, if they can't print money to cover, if Congress can't print money to cover expenses, nor can anyone else, nor authorize the purchase or holding of securities, they can't use that to create money out of nothing, and then to, nor to authorize or permit any central bank. Well, the Federal Reserve is a central bank, so it basically outlaws not only the Federal Reserve, but all future central banks. So this, is pretty, this, gets, this bill's getting better. See, this is why I don't modify things. See, I originally wrote it May 21st last year, so it's over a year old, uh, just. <laughs> just. You know, it's about a year and a week old. 
Um, it's amazing how fast time flies. Anyway, so then nor to authorize or permit any central bank. So there's, there's your Fed. So the Fed would effectively be gone. Uh, the money would be stable. The money would be increasing in value. And with deflation, it would be transferring uh, value to you. So as your dollars become valuable, your, your savings become more valuable, your investments become more valuable, your 401ks, your retirement accounts, your house, everything becomes more valuable, even as the price drops. Because the dollars are worth more. So who would lose money? Well, the government. Because, you know, with, uh, if they have a, a trillion dollars of debt, and those trillion dollars are, if the dollar is now worth twice as much, that's, that's twice as much debt. Well, that's their problem. They're the ones that incurred the debt. You know, we stop them borrowing, and the debt starts to get paid off. Because all those treasury bills and, and T-bills and T-notes and all those T-things, those treasuries that they, uh, that they floated to, to pay for the debt, to cover the debt, well, they're getting paid off gradually because they have to be. They're going to get paid off anyway. That's what they mean by meeting your obligations. And so by meeting our obligations, by stopping Congress from borrowing any more money, that national debt drops, the interest on the national debt drops, and eventually, eventually they, go, they both go away. And since Congress would not be able to borrow if this passes, it would never come back. Well, if the national debt, if there's never a national debt, it never comes back, that's unparalleled economic prosperity for us, for we the people. So this is, this is, you know, and the only thing I want to do is change nor, nor to authorize or permit any central bank nor allow any control of money beyond Congress. I just need to do that last phrase. I'm going to make a little note to myself here. I'll fix it after the show. I'm kind of busy right now talking. But that's the idea. So let's go with today. 531? Yep, 531. 531. Tomorrow is June, June 1st. This is, I guess, when all the brides go out and get married. And grooms, good luck. Yeah, I guess you have to be there, too. <laughs> All right, so that's what's going on. All right, so, so let's put here, fix the money amendment. Um, I got this gel pen. It's really cool to write with. Amendment. I try in capitals usually because my write, when I write fast, I can't read it, especially the gel pen. <laughs> it gets kind of crazy. All right, before we get Wendy here, let me um, check live chat. Anybody on live chat? Do, 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 do. Hey, good morning. Uh, Marco's on live chat. Good morning, Marco. Um, we can talk about this, too. I don't know if, uh, uh, how, how the, the Dutch parliament and uh, government works, but if you guys need a constitutional amendment uh, to take away power of the Dutch parliament from borrowing money, uh, you can use mine as a model. And uh, I, you know what I should probably just go over the Dutch constitution. Do you guys have a constitution? Um, I'm, I'm talking to Marco, who's actually in uh, the Netherlands right now. So he's, one, he's our, our most consistent live chat um, person. So I'm able to talk to him directly by asking him a question over the air. You don't hear it on the podcast, but he'll, he'll get a live response uh, to me uh, when he can, and then I can read that over the air. So, the, so, so both sides of the conversation are on the podcast, but it's a lot better if you listen live because you can actually watch you know, the typing and, and you can see it happen because I don't report all the comments I get on live chat because I get a lot. All right, so that's it. So basically that's, that's the final point here. Um, is that Congress shall not have no power to borrow money on the credit of the United States, nor to print money to cover expenses, nor authorize the purchase or holding of securities, nor to authorize or permit any central bank, nor allow any control of the money beyond Congress. I think that's pretty ironclad. I think that that pretty much uh, takes care of a lot of different stuff. All right. So let me go to this uh, thing here. I'm going to read the most important part first, and we'll see if we have more time. Investopedia. Federal Reserve System by James Chen, updated December 18th, 2022. So this is last year. It says, what is the Federal Reserve System? Uh, and then I'll get to the important part in a second. It says, uh, the, the term Federal Reserve System, or FRS, refers to the central bank of the U.S., 
the Fed, as it is commonly known, regulates the U.S. monetary and financial system. That's why we don't have a free market. <laughs> if we had a free market, there would be no Fed because you wouldn't need it because it's a free market. The free market would regulate the U.S. monetary and financial system instead of some bogus bank consortium of uh, you know, large corporate banks that uh, basically have stolen our money. Uh, and then it says the Federal Reserve System is composed of a central government agency in Washington, D.C., the Board of Governors. Even though it's not technically federal, uh, it has a federal Board of Governors. There's a contradiction. It has 12 regional Federal Reserve banks in major cities throughout the U.S. The Fed's central role is to handle the country's monetary policy, among other things. Now, I'm like, oh, those other things are. Take a look and see what those other things are. All right. So it's the understanding of the Federal Reserve System. And it's, uh, the bank is headed by the governor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Let's get to the good stuff. Uh, Fed does this. Fed does that. Special considerations. History of the Federal Reserve System. Where do we get to the money? Federal marketing. Three points of monetary policy. Wait, where's, where's my, uh, where's the part I want about the printing of the money? Did I miss it? Is this the wrong article? <laughs> That'd be really embarrassing. I thought I had the right article. This might be the wrong article. Huh. All right. Now I'm confused. It's the Federal Reserve System. Where does it get the printing of money? I had this up. Oh, now I'm really embarrassed. I'm going to have to do some quick searching here. Three impressive Federal Reserve System. Who controls the Fed? Who controls bonds? Here from the bottom line. Oh, uh, no. This is not what I wanted to do. Huh. All right. Now I'm confused. Uh, all right. So let's do a quick search here. And let's put in, how is the money? Let's see if I can find, you know, what, no, you know where it is? I know where it is. It's on my Facebook page. So let me go quickly to my Facebook page. And if I have to pick this up after Wendy, I'll just do that. So let's go to Facebook and let's go to my economic project. Oh, I have a new comedy project, by the way, too. So the Action Radio um, Comedy. Um, let's see if I can my, my, my economics page. Econ, econ, there it is. Actually, economics project. Let me see if I can pull up the right article. Sorry about this, folks. I don't normally, well, I goof occasionally. Things, things you need to get serious on inflation. Uh, who prints the money in the U.S.? That's the article that I wanted. Now we're in business. <laughs> this is the one I wanted to read. Uh, it's just a PDF again, so it must have been a, a one-off that. This is the Fed and printing money. So I'm going to copy this. Let's copy this one. This is the good one. And let's put that over here. I try to keep my windows down because if you, if you have too many windows, then your, your computer gets kind of crazy. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't broadcast as well. So needless to say, I'm vamping and doing computer stuff as I'm talking to you now. I could take a break, but we'll do that later. All right, so let's get to the good article. I may hold Wendy up real briefly. All right, so who prints the money in the U.S.? Uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve controls the money supply of the United States. Uh, and while it doesn't actually print currency itself, it does determine how many bills are printed by the Treasury. That's why they work together. The Fed and the printing of money, printing currency. Here we go. Fed and the print and printing money. It says people in the media often talk about the Fed printing money, especially in the wake of the Great Recession. Da, 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 da. All right. Uh, what they usually mean is the Fed is increasing the supply of money. Most controversially, though, an asset purchase program described as quantitative easing. This is big during the Obama days. It says, under this program, the Fed purchased several trillion, that's with a T, folks, trillion dollars worth of financial securities, mostly U.S. government bonds from financial institutions with the goal of pumping more money into the economy. See, this is why I say the Fed should not be able to own securities. No government agency should be able to own securities. That, that, that basically puts them in business. They're not, they're not allowed to be in business. They're government. 
And here's the, I think this is the key part, printing currency. The job of actually printing the money uh, that people withdraw from ATMs and banks belongs to the Treasury Department's Bureau, Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, here's where it gets good. The amount of currency printed by the Bureau of Engraving and Printing each year is determined by the Fed. In other words, that illegal foreign banking conspiracy that runs our money. Uh, it says printed by the Fed, which then submits an order to the BEP, Bureau of Engraving and Printing. The Fed then distributes that currency by armored carriage to its 28 cash offices, which then further distributes it to 8,400 banks, savings and loans, and credit unions across the country. For the 2020 fiscal year, the Fed's Board of Governors ordered 5.2 billion Federal Reserve notes. Okay, the official name of U.S. currency bills from the BEP valued at $146.4 billion. So they ordered a whole bunch of basically money. This is how the Fed creates money with key. The Fed can indeed create money out of thin air. It actually says that. The Fed can indeed create money out of thin air. To be more precise, it does so with keystrokes on a computer. This is illustrated with its QE, quantitative easing program, also known uh, as open market operations. <laughs> it's known to me as fraud, but that's different. This is, that's when the Fed buys an asset from a financial institution and pays for it with money it simply creates. Okay, so this is the problem. This is why I changed my constitutional amendment based on this article. We don't want the Fed buying assets from financial institutions. The Fed should not be able to own anything. It's a government, it's a government organization. They shouldn't be able to own anything. The government shouldn't be able to own land. None of this stuff should be able to happen. Oh, Marco's got an article for me. I'll take a look at that. Uh, Constitution of the Netherlands. Thanks, Marco. I'll definitely say, wait, wait, we should go over that sometime. I need to get you on the show. Uh, anyway, let me, let me finish my article here, and then I say Wendy's going to be joining us anytime. This is illustrated, the QE program, also known as open market operations. So the Fed buys an asset from a financial institution and pays for it with money it simply creates. See, this is, this is the problem. They just print money to buy things, and then they put that money into the economy. Here it says, Stephen Meyer, a senior advisor to the Fed's Board of Governors, explains how this is done. He says, you may wonder how the Fed pays for the bonds and the other securities it buys. The Fed does not pay with paper money. Instead, the Fed pays the seller's bank using, using excuse me, newly created electronic funds, and the bank adds those funds to the seller's account. This is some critics of QE, in other words, quantitative easing, argued, uh, it would be it would lead to hyperinflation. I agree too. While its defenders say it was necessary, it was a necessary response to the extraordinary economic and financial conditions and an abundance of an aggressively expansionary uh, fiscal policy. In other words, they borrowed tons of dollars, you know, trillions of dollars for COVID, which they never needed to do. COVID was was basically over mid July 2020, which we proved over and over again. Uh, it says the moderate inflation and relatively strong economic recovery in the years that followed the Great Recession, where that would be 20, 2008 were seen by many as vindicating the Fed's approach. But this is the thing, though. Here's, here's the key, and this is where it gets really crazy, and Wendy's here now, too. But it says the Fed creates money out of nothing. Okay, this is the problem. This is the Fed buys an asset from a financial institution and pays for it with money it simply creates. So it just makes up the money. It says, okay, we're going to pay for this. We're, we're going to give you a coupon. We're going to give you something. And then the bank goes, great, we've got all this extra money. And so then that, that money, uh, you know, goes to the, the, the investment goes to the Fed and the Fed prints money. And then the Fed tells the, the Treasury, well, look, we've, uh, we've created money out of nothing. So now you, can, now you can print more money. So the whole point of my constitutional amendment is to take all that away. And just to give Wendy a, a fascinating look into my constitutional amendment before we get started into uh, 
you know, God's special uh, bank. <laughs> it just says, here, here's my, my latest one. I changed it a bit where I said, um, Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution shall be amended by striking Clause 2 to borrow money on the credit of the United States. And the second part now says, Section 8, Clause 1 shall be amended by adding at the end, and Congress shall have no power to borrow money on the credit of the United States, nor to print money to cover expenses, nor authorize the purchase or holding of securities, nor to authorize or permit any central bank, nor allow any control of the money beyond Congress. Because now we just have to control Congress, but that's a, that's a, that's a whole separate thing. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's go on to Wendy's report. Here we go. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. Of course, it helps if I make her line live. <laughs> Let me try this again. Good morning, Wendy. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> well, I've got one hand on my uh, computer keyboard. I'm typing because Marco gave me the, 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 the Netherlands Constitution, so I've got to save that, uh, that website. I've got my other hand on the mouse, and I'm talking to you, and I'm doing all three at the same time. I'd say ADHD is a requirement for this job. It really is. You cannot do this job unless you're a little whacked out mentally and can multitask beyond the call of normal human beings. So here we are. Hi. This is good. Hi, good morning. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, it's kind of all over the place this morning um, with with all the stuff going on in the world that people are concerned about, um, and, mm-hmm. and as should be. And I agree that um, the no government, not just America, but no government should be able to um, just print money out of nothing. It, it mm-hmm. all should be backed up with something. Um, and, and, you know, look at Venezuela. I mean, good grief, that's, that, that, that's the whole problem over there, too. Oh, yeah, same problem everywhere. But, I mean, they, they all do this. It's the hyperinflation. I'm not as concerned with, with uh, like, a gold standard, per se. I'm curious what, what Scripture says about uh, governments and debt and borrowing. I, I know there's something in there. And you may not even – I doubt you plan to talk about that this morning, but we can maybe do it at a future time. But I don't worry so much about tying the money to gold. I don't need gold replacing my, my paper dollars. But what I do need is a stable money supply. So, in other words, the, the, the Congress uh, – there should be no Fed. But as long as they can print money out of nothing, there's no stability of the money. They can, they can lower it at will. Whereas if there was a, a free market and a stable currency, in other words, a, a stable amount of dollars in the economy, then as the economy grew, each dollar would be worth more. And so that would be the well, incentive to have the economy grow. Well, gold replace the paper dollar. Yeah. Right. See, gold wouldn't replace the paper dollar. It never did replace the paper dollar. Right. Gold backed up the paper dollar. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it was the guarantee. So that that's why it was important to have the gold standard. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's important. I just don't know if we, if we have enough gold. <laughs> you know, I'm just curious. But uh, that, that's oh, we all do. Topic. And, and my okay. my question for yours has been, where did all the the gold in Fort Knox go? Because it's not there. That's a good question. Uh, then why are we guarding mm-hmm. it? Regarding, I mean, look, I saw Goldfinger. It's there. It was there then. Yes, it was there then, but it's it's not there now. And um, mm. I, I'm wondering what is actually in Fort Knox being guarded. Hmm. Hmm. Jimmy Hoffa? 
<laughs> Sorry, this yes. is the first thing that came to mind. Well, so now you got me. Now yeah, you got me curious. So, Where's the Golden Fort Knox? Okay, where yeah. is the gold? Yeah. It's probably China. Biden sold it. Where's the Golden <laughs> Fort Knox? And, and what's in there? Fort Knox. K N O X. Yeah. And what's there? Yeah. Yeah. What's there like during Goldfinger? Huge yeah. stashes of food supply in uh, in tunnels in Washington. So uh-huh. what are they hiding in Fort Knox? I'm just just a question. I yeah. Um, well, well, what's the Bible say about uh, government and debt? Or do, is this something you want to research and get back to me on? Well, yeah, back in biblical times, I mean, there was gold and silver and gems and everything else to back up anything. I mean, that that was the currency. Uh, But, you know, uh, and so with, you know, wheat and barley and, you know, olive oil and cattle and and sheep and all kinds of stuff. And that was all currency. Mm -hmm. And salt. The salary. Isn't that that what salt was? Was the salary for food preservation? Well, salt was used for a whole bunch of stuff, you know, but yeah, but, but they didn't have refrigerators and stuff back then. So salt preserved things. Mm hmm. Yeah, the dried it, fish it, and all kinds not, of cool not stuff. Not the salt that we have, you know. Yeah, not, not the bleached out crap that we have today, but yeah, actual real, real salt. sea salt. <laughs> well, listen, uh, if you talk to CJ, our wellness, our new wellness person, she talks about pink Him- Himalayan sea salt, and I just like saying that. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how sea salt got in the Himalayas, <laughs> but saying pink Himalayan sea salt is kind of cool. Yes, that, that's all we use. Oh, you have pink Himalayan sea salt? Yep, have, you haven't get? used anything but that for years. Oh, see, I don't use salt, so I wouldn't. But I, I want to buy some. Just cause I want to have a bunch of pink salt on my counter. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll look into it. Well, the, the cool to, thing uh, about it is uh-huh. all the minerals and and right. vitamins and you know all the the things that our body needs to function correctly uh-huh. is in the pink Himalayan salt. So. Um, and oh. and it, the salt, the table salt, Morton salt that we have right now, it goes through this bleaching process and this heat process that turns it into sodium chloride, which is a poison, um, <laughs> and and does nothing. Yeah. It, it burns out all the stuff that's supposed to be good for you and makes your body function correctly. Huh. So all this does is is the sodium chloride is just mess up your body and cause high blood pressure and all kinds of health problems. So but that's the formula for salt, though. Sodium chloride is the formula for salt. Um, yeah. Well, it's that's not necessarily true. I mean, it's, it's, it's the basis of it, <laughs> uh-huh. but it's been changed just like everything else because man well, thinks that they can do better than God. Well, there might be some other – in fact, the minerals, yeah, that's all added to it. But the basic salt molecule is one part sodium, Na, and one part uh, chloride, Cl. Those are the atoms in salt. Yes. And they but split in water into ions, a sodium atom and a chlorine atom. Nat- it, but they naturally have the minerals and all the other good stuff in it that our bodies need. Man well, that makes those out. Yeah, but that's in addition to the salt. So if it's sea salt, because sea, sea is full of minerals. I mean, that's, yes, it you is. Know, but and, you can't drink it because it's salty. Yeah. <laughs> but this, this is full of minerals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. We have digressed. Okay. Yeah, Makes yeah. sense. I'll get some pink Himalayan sea salt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what you got? You know, What's interesting? Of, What's on your mind? Well, you know, can, 
this is kind of based off something, yeah, because you know, we talked about James and John along with Peter and, and right. the other disciples last Our season. disciples, right. Um, and, oh. yeah, and James and John were brothers, um, mm-hmm. the sons of Zebedee, and who was a fisherman. They were all fishermen. Uh, Jesus himself named James and John the sons of thunder. So oh. um, these were not um, quiet, timid souls. <laughs> And um, and nobody knows why that he called them sons of thunder, but just to think about that, you know, you you don't they, they were not um, little wallflowers and and quiet little mice people, um, or, or else they would have never gotten the name of sons of thunder. And just and their mother was quite um, uh, ambitious for her sons, and she hmm. mentioned only one place in scriptures when it talks about that she was. Telling James and John, go go ask go ask Jesus, go ask Jesus this, because I I want you to have the place of honor, you know, because when Jesus talked about his kingdom, they mistakenly mm-hmm. thought that you know he was talking about a governmental kingdom, you know, where yeah, he's going to become king and rule. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense, because your kingdom exactly the first thing you think yeah. of is well, kingdom is run by a king, you know, so right. therefore, yeah. And, and and he does have a kingdom, and he is the king of it, but it's not here yet. So, um, <laughs> hmm. well, so here he is. Is, is, is that is that one of those is that one of those words, Wendy, that that has a different meaning? Um, because we know we know things change over time. Like you know, my favorite one is the Constitution, Second Amendment. A well-regulated militia. People think that means government regulated. They control everything. No, it doesn't. It means they're equipped as no, much as doesn't. regular soldiers. That's what regulated means. They are they have the same weapons That's that right. an infantry soldier has. Okay, most people don't know that. When they say general welfare, it doesn't mean the welf- It doesn't mean that, that we're we're paying out a bunch of welfare to people. It means that the laws apply equally generally. So does kingdom yes. in the Bible mean something different than we assume uh, a monarchy, a traditional monarchy would work? Kingdom, God talked about a kingdom before it was ever established here on earth. And there, the heavenly kingdom has been ever since there has been God. Um, and what we don't understand is the spiritual aspect of a kingdom. We, okay. we only understand kingdom the way it was set up in England, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and or uh, Egypt or Rome. And none of those were benevolent to the people. Uh, as long as you served Rome and you, you paid taxes and paid taxes and paid taxes. You know, well, the Roman Republic. Semblance of freedom. Roman Republic was different than the Caesars, which were the kingdom. But the Republic itself, run by the Senate, which actually had a Republican principles, you know, separation of powers, limited government, things like that. The original Roman Republic was very different than the, the empire under Caesars. And I think of a kingdom as but more a Caesar. But you see how that changed? It, it, it was oh, yeah, still a kingdom. Right. It, it was still a kingdom okay. um, because it was, you know, ruling over the masses. But anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, we, so, don't we always? <laughs> yes. So when Jesus was talking about his kingdom, he's talking mm-hmm. about his heavenly kingdom because things are run extremely differently um, in God's kingdom than what man calls a kingdom because mm-hmm. man always, always, always um, turns it into ruling over the people and making basically making the people slaves to them. That's what democracy does. In God's does. kingdom, 
You know, it's the same. Yeah, it's a perfect metaphor for democracy. Oh, everybody, one person, one vote. We'll give you free choice. You know, majority rules. Right until the majority votes themselves tyranny. <laughs> it always happens. So that's why tyrants yeah, love yeah. democracy. Okay. Yeah. Is that is that a so which kind of brings me to to the point of today's topic? Okay. Because James and John, which were the disciples, and mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it verbatim um, from Mark chapter 10. So if anybody wants to go look that up and, and double check me, and and you know, scripture says test your teachers, make sure that what they are teaching is actual scripture, and not mm-hmm. just something that they're throwing their opinion on and saying it's scripture. Okay. So out of Mark 10, that in church. Then James and <laughs> never heard that in church, Wendy. How about that? Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, talking about Jesus, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Okay. And Jesus said to them, What do you want me to do for you? (laughs) And they said to him, Grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your glory. In other words, when you establish your kingdom, because they're thinking governmental kingdom, Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be one on your right and one on your left. We want to rule with you. We want to be the ones that everybody says, oh, well, they're the favorites of Jesus, you know, and we mm-hmm. want the power and we want you know, to rule, right? Same mm-hmm. mindset. Yep. So, and Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, we're able because they're confident in their own abilities. Mm-hmm. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drank, and with the baptism I am baptized with you, uh, will be baptized. Um, I am baptized with you will be baptized. But to sit right. on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, I mean the ten of the disciples, they mm-hmm. began to greatly be displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So there's the difference between a man's kingdom, I want to rule, and God's kingdom, which means you serve everyone. You don't rule over them, you serve them. Well, that's and that's a perfect so. definition of, of a good politician versus a bad one. You look at Trump, you know, and just to uh, not that yeah. Trump is the king of heaven. No, I'm not equating, but I'm, I'm describing what I see as similarities. Trump is in office to serve. He's here to serve the American people, yeah. to bring this country, to make it great again. Um, and yeah. then you look at politicians like Kevin McDeepstate, you know, and illegal yeah. Brandon. They are there to serve themselves. They are there to serve the deep state. They are there to serve, you know, the empire, the dark side of the force, Darth Vader and the emperor and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, but they think of themselves as probably their own gods. They said, we're, the, we're all powerful. You know, we can borrow money and they'll never have to be paid back. And we can do all these extraordinary things by just waving our hands and, you know, clicking our ruby slippers together. And all of a sudden there's, there's, there's no debt and we can go to 30 trillion, 40 trillion, 50 trillion. But they don't serve the people. They stole the election. Exactly <laughs> They're so right. arrogant. 
you know, that, and you look at the arrogance that's of these folks, right. and I'm sure, I'm sure this goes back to biblical times too. You know, and it's the same thing. They, they basically want to steal Jesus' authority. James and John, we're going to sit right here on your left. Well, that's like sandwiching between them. So in other words, anybody who wants to get to Jesus, they have to go through James and John first, They're like the gatekeepers. And that's not how it works. Yeah. Hmm. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> Interesting. No, I just, and, and you know, I just, so, you know, observations, yeah. You know, so here, here's the thing. That when man, when you were just operating in, in the natural, in the carnal, in the flesh, um, and not out of the spirit that God has put in us, um, corruption is just the inevitable. It just is it, a natural occurrence of living out of the flesh because we are all self-centered and self-serving. When it comes down to it, uh, you are not going to sacrifice yourself for anybody else. You're going to take care of number one. Mm-hmm. So that's the basis of natural man. When you're living out of the spirit, it's a completely different thing because they couldn't even understand what Jesus was saying at the time because he said, he asked them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be mm-hmm. baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? They didn't even know what he meant. And but what was their response? Oh, we're able. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, anything for power. Yeah, let's let make the deal. Where yeah, do I what, sign? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter, you know, what, what it entails, if it involves us ruling with you and that, you know, it's, that we have the honor of, of being on your right hand and your left, yeah, yeah, sign us up, okay? So mm-hmm. yep. Yep. what Jesus was telling them, because he'd been telling them all along, I'm going to be crucified, folks. You know, guys, I am not going to be with you forever because I'm going to be crucified, and I have to do this, you know, to mm-hmm. ransom mankind, Right. Um, from just this kind of thing, you know, thinking that, that you're all important and need to rule over somebody when he created us for freedom. The cup that Jesus had to drink, if you go back to the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and he is in desperate, deep, agonizing prayer to the Father because he knew his time was at hand. He knew they were coming to get him because and he was fixing to be betrayed by Judas. And he said, if there is any other way, Father, if there is any other way, take this cup from me. He had a cup, a silver chalice in his hand. Take this cup from me. And God did not do it. So he left it in Jesus' power to make a decision. Are you going to follow through with the plan or not? Because you have that free choice. Everybody had free will, including Jesus. So, so Jesus in, in human form would have felt every pain, everything that anybody else would have felt, even as Son of God. Everything, yes, sir. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, he did not get to draw on his, his supernatural side. And he had all of that at his disposal. It, in the book of Psalms, it tells us yeah, he had legions, 12 legions of angels. He said, I can call on 12 legions of angels right now. That would deliver Ooh. me. That's a lot and of I angels. Could go Take my, yes, I can go take my seat in heaven because he left glory. He was already a king in glory. He mm-hmm. left all of that to come down here as a human being so he could, you know, ransom mankind um, out of our, our fallen human, human state. So um, he, he could have gone back to glory um, and left us on our own to, to perish in our own sin. 
um, that was not God's plan for man. He wanted them to be redeemed. He created them. He wanted him, them with him as his family. And Jesus was the only way to redeem them out of the corruption, out of the evil, out of the wickedness. So Jesus had to make a decision out of his human side, which was why it was so agonizing because nobody has ever died a death like Jesus did. Um, before the crucifixion as well as the crucifixion. Um, so here, here he is. He knows what has got to, to be done, and he is not looking forward to this at all. I mean, who would? I mean, Nobody. just the torture. You know, uh, just, I can't even. But anyway, so yeah. he decided, I'm going to put this before my father, just, just one last chance. If there's any other way, take this cup from me. And God did not remove it. It was a choice Jesus had to make. So So um, let's get real philosophical for a second and think about what might have happened if Jesus had made a different choice. Okay. So where, 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 where might we be now? If Jesus had not, there would be absolutely no hope. I mean, it it would, as as bad as things are right now, the wickedness and the evil that you see right now, it Mm -hmm. would it would be to the point where we have already we would have already annihilated each other. Okay, that makes sense. That's why I asked. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. Yeah, because Scripture says that the the Holy Spirit is the restrainer. He's restraining Mm -hmm. um, Satan and his wickedness and his and his evil i mean if you as bad as it is right now if, if the holy spirit was not here restraining that through the through the church and believers worldwide it mm-hmm. would be just cannibalism everywhere it'd but be anyway. hell i mean literally um, it would be hell yeah it, it literally would be hell on earth but okay yeah so when, yeah. when jesus was asking them are you able to drink the cup that i drink yeah and are you able to be baptized with the baptisms that i'm baptized with and basically he's saying I am being baptized with suffering for you. I have to suffer the consequences of your sin. And are you able to do that? And what do they say? Oh, yeah, we're able. Mm-hmm. When they had yeah, no right. clue what he was talking about. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so mm-hmm. that makes um, sense. in order, if you want to live like God says to live in his kingdom, mm-hmm. stop seeking your own glory. Start serving those around you and your sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. Um, Action Radio is a really good example of that, actually, because you are trying to get freedom for everyone worldwide. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't want people to be in bondage and no matter what country they're living in. And that's, that's the same thing that God says. You know, for freedom Christ died, Galatians 5.1, go read it. You know, um, let no man put you back into bondage. Yeah. So it's very, very important not to be in bondage. Mortgages are bondage. Taxes are bondage. It's, it's you know, people, the government telling you how, uh, how to live and what you can and cannot do with your property and all that kind of crap is, is bondage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not how God created us to live. That's not freedom. Yeah, thank you for, so, for what you're saying about Action Radio. I mean, uh, you know, I know that a certain amount of, I mean, I talk about, you know, world fame and things like that. I see it as necessary to accomplish freedom. Uh, I don't seek fame for its own sake, 
But as the, the more the show is known and the more popular we get and the more people listen, the greater effect we can have on freedom. So in that respect, it's necessary. And that's how, that's how I justify because I've never wanted personal glory. I just want to you know, be a free person. And, and experience that. That's why I left right. California and came out here. Um, but it is necessary. And so that, the, you know, the price of, for all of us, actually, to be able to do the good work that we do is a certain amount of fame. We're going to get very well known. And I've accepted that. And I think you have too. And I think everybody associated with the show realizes that some, and, and from that, some really bad things might happen. You know, we might be persecuted, well, publicly embarrassed, humiliated. To, yes. Who knows? Yeah. Yes. You have to be able to be willing to accept the persecution that comes from fighting for what's right and standing mm-hmm. for what is right yeah. because it is not um, it is not free that somebody's going to pay a price somewhere along the line and anybody yeah. who's going to be willing to go against the the world system is going to be persecuted mm-hmm. and, and period end of story are you yeah, willing I mean, to pay that price are you willing to drink the well, yes, I think I've already answered that. Um, I was thinking, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to, we've had an extraordinary guest and a friend of mine, uh, Catherine Arnett, who's the Marine, who I wasn't in touch with for yes. a while because she, she was in jail. <laughs> you know, she was in the brig right. uh, for, for refusing brig, yeah. something that she had every right to refuse, which is an experimental COVID jab where nobody knows it's in it, nobody knows the effect, yes. and they can't do that. They can't order you, and you don't give up your constitutional rights when you serve in the military. You know, yes, you have to, you know, deploy and do follow orders as long as those orders are lawful and mandating something that uh, nobody knows anything about uh, that's experimental is not a lawful order, even though they declared that it was. And so Catherine's been on. She's I think she's missing today. But uh, like I say, you can always leave a message for her. But she was on Monday for two hours. Uh, she's on yesterday for an yes. hour with Brianna. They got, those two got along fabulously. It was great. Uh, so we may get uh, Catherine with uh, Patriot Academy, which would be fabulous for her. You know, so we'll see what happens. But she still has another court martial coming up. Anyway, uh, what she talked about, I, I said, you know, asked her the, the sort of, like I knew the answer, but I wanted to hear it anyway. You know, how did you get through those days in the break? How did you, how are you surviving this ordeal? And what's, uh, and she said, what's God? You know, I mean, she draws on strength every day and says, look, she knows she's doing the right thing. Uh, she knows that God's behind her and she knows that everybody else is too. And she doesn't feel alone even when she's in solitary. And that's what, exactly what you're talking about. It's that kind of faith that allows people to do extraordinary things in the face of evil, isolation, suppression, torment, whatever else they're trying to do to her. And yet she's still here calling the show. Hey guys, <laughs> you know, another day, let's, let's, you know, here's, here's what's happening. Uh, and it, it, she's, you know, like, like my favorite person these days, uh, just for what she's doing and is really a model for all of us. She's just saying, I'm, I'm just standing by my convictions. It's like, who's that guy in World War II? Um, the guy that would, wouldn't fight but want to be the medical person. He ended up saving a whole bunch of people in, in uh, one of the Japanese islands. Voss, was it Voss? Got a Congressional Medal of Honor. You know, everybody thought he was a coward. Yeah. Everybody thought he, was, he, he refused to carry a gun, but he ended up uh, saving more lives than anybody in this one Okinawan mountain that they were trying to take. So, so courage, right. you know, and it's, I don't know who, how God picks, you know, all, all, all the folks that end up doing these things. And it's always the eternal question, you know, why me? And of course, as God answers back, why not you? Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Great. Okay, I've got no response for that. So I might as well just keep going. Yeah. And, and she keeps going and you keep going and I keep going and all of us here at Action Radio keep going from our youngest to our, our most senior, you know, folks, we all keep going and we do what we can do. It's, it's, it's really an amazing thing. But we all have God behind us, so it's okay. If, if you know that you are doing the right thing, 
mm-hmm. according to scripture, not according to, you know, man's ways, but according to scripture, if you know, you're doing the right thing. All of heaven is going to back you up yeah. and it, it may not look like it at the moment, mm-hmm. but in the end, it will all come out and you will be validated by heaven itself. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it's interesting, too. <laughs> if you listen to the second hour Monday, uh, Dorothy Diana, who normally does our, our sex and sensuality report, is very spiritual. And she talked about this being a spiritual warfare. And you've talked about this, too. This is a war being fought in heaven as well as earth. This is not this is a, a multi-plane battle that's going on right now. You wow. know, hearts, minds uh, and everything else. So it's uh, things are pretty extraordinary. What was that Chinese saying? May you live in interesting times. OK, it's interesting. <laughs> it's more interesting than we need right now. But it certainly, it certainly is interesting. Yeah. I think we hit interesting about six years ago, but nope. <laughs> this is yeah. not like bizarre now. Now, now we're in cataclysmic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, pe- people are bargaining on how fast can destroy our economy and commit economic suicide. Well, I want to do it with four trillion. No, I think it may be three and a half trillion. That that's much better. I mean, you know, and and the 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 insanity of it all. There's got to be something in scripture on this too. The insanity of these people, you know, plotting our destruction, uh, arguing on who should do it faster. You know, this is this is craziness. What's happening? And people don't see the craziness. It is. How, how do they not see that the government was stolen? Because that they people are, are deceived. Oh, okay, tell me. And, and and a lot of people are just willingly deceived. You know, so but mm. some people are truly deceived, and some people are willingly deceived. So either way, they're deceived, and and they are part of the problem. Yeah, and the others are lying. I got one more question. Thank you. I got one more. It's like those that say that, oh, of course, Brandon won the election. Really? I said, you're either stupid or you're lying. No, he didn't. Those are your two choices. Yeah. That, exactly. Um, those are yeah. your two choices. That's exactly right. Yeah, pick, pick one. You know, and most, most people don't want to be known as stupid. Then, of course, you know, we prove them to be liars. Um, you were talking about the kingdom of heaven, and it suddenly occurred to me that the, the updated, you know, revamped uh, version of the Bible is the King James Version. Now, did King James... Uh, redefine kingdom in a way that benefited him or anybody else, uh, monarchs, as it goes. Well, here's here's the thing. With uh, King James Bible um, is mm-hmm. the only uh, Bible that you can actually go back to the Greek and Hebrew in the Strong's Concordance with. Um, oh. And why they haven't you know, done that with any other, I, I have no idea. But um, King James um, didn't like certain things in the Bible. Um, and so he, he had it uh, written in English, in the King's English. Um, and unfortunately, um, words have a different meaning now um, than they right. did when they were written in King James. Um, so it's just always important to, to go back to the original Hebrew and Greek um, mm. and look up what the words actually meant, what God meant them to say, not what you know, a, a certain language on earth, um, which is limited in and of itself, um, what it means, but what God's whole idea um, and logic behind using that particular word meant. Okay. Hmm. Um, just, so have we defined kingdom? I, I hear Mike in the background. Hey, Mike. You know, he, he's, I, I went to another room because he, he had his, his niece called. Uh, oh. <laughs> we just got out of the hospital. So. Oh, okay. Um, um, uh, so what it, as far as kingdom goes, it don't define anything by, by the world standards. You know, go back and see right. what God meant by kingdom. 
because again, it's about serving others. It's not about ruling over you. It's about mm-hmm. serving others. And and God is a benevolent king. He he is there um, for the good of his children. You know, he's he's not just a king. He's a father. And earthly kings are just like they're just power hungry. You know, there's, there's a certain freedom in serving too, because you know I accomplish what I can and I'm happy. Uh, but if you if you're serving yourself, if you're serving power, if power is your measure of who you are, you'll never be satisfied because there's never enough power or never enough never. Money. You know, you look at George That's Soros exactly right. and and Bill Gates, and you know you think they'd be happy with their billions, but they're not. Yeah, they're trying to kill millions nope. of people, uh, but they're not happy. I, I can't I can't believe that those two are happy, even though they have more money and more control and more power. Uh, than any any individual human being should, but they'll never be enough for them. They'll they'll exactly never know. Right. Yeah, and so like I say, I mean, you know, people say, well, you've never got a bill passed. I said, okay, well, yeah, well, give me time. <laughs> you know, I said, besides, it has to go from the people yeah. to the media to the government. You don't understand the process. That's just an arrogant question, uh, assuming that I'm already going to fail, and I don't accept that. Um, but the thing is, I'm right. happy with whatever accomplishment, whatever we accomplish. This week was extraordinary. We've done amazing things, even if we yeah. only help one person. But that one person is helping everybody else. In fighting for Catherine's freedom, we fight for everybody's freedom from tyranny. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. that's what most people don't, don't realize. It, it is so much bigger than just Catherine, that she's willing to pay the price um, mm-hmm. for everyone else. Yeah. Well, maybe one day she'll have her own report here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll think of a really cool awesome. name for it. Yeah, it would be awesome. Yeah, oh yeah. Just, well, I've always told her she's one of she's one of the family. So Catherine's always welcome here. Uh, anytime uh, you know between solitary confinement and court martials and whatever else they're trying to uh, uh, stick her with uh, to to make her life miserable and there by example make everybody else you know knuckle under and be controlled. And that's got to be biblical too. You know, you make the example of of the one fighter. You know, you you take out the strongest opposition, the person with the most conviction, and the sheep are much easier to control. That's right. got to be in there, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything else for us, or, or do you have to uh, leave us until next no, week? No, I'm going to – yeah, I'm going to uh, leave this with you all and to chew on and think about and mull over until next week. And okay. if you need to uh, ask me anything or, or you want to uh, share some insight with me, then you can get a hold of me on Facebook at Wendy Arthur or Art by Wendy Arthur or Dimensions Ministries. And until then, bow now, avoid the rush. <laughs> I love that. We, yeah, I should almost call it the, oh, my God, you know, bow now and avoid the rush. You know, subtitle, bow now and avoid the rush. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you next week. <laughs> See you later. Bye now. It's so much fun. See what fun we have here? All right. It's 8.06 uh, Central Standard, actually Central Daylight Time. Uh, you're here in the Panhandle of Florida, in Milton, Florida, near Pensacola, on the Gulf Coast. It's humid. It's cloudy. It's overcast. It's pretty typical. You know, as we approach summer, it's only going to get more humid, more cloudy, and, and rainier and louder, and all the other things that happen around here. All right, so I'm going to take a little break right now, come back with uh, more stuff, and then we've got Shelby at the top of the next hour. So finally, we've got our cruise and travel person back, uh, hopefully more often, but we'll see how it goes. She's, she's really busy. Back in a bit. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. 
Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care, and now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-Care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. And we'll be right back in just a couple more minutes. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. 
Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. Oops, looks like I got caught again looking up articles before uh, not finding my my next uh, thing to play here. And here it is. Here we go. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. So to kind of chat with you guys. So anybody wants to call in 215-383-3832. Anybody wants to use live chat, feel free. Uh, or I'll just listen to me rant. <laughs> Would you, you know? Anyway, so we're going to have some fun. Um, Shelby's coming out at the top of the hour. Shelby's one of my favorite folks. And so Shelby, uh, I call her the world's greatest cruise director. I mean, I've worked with Shelby on cruise ships. And so we have to be friends. And uh, ever since, uh, and this is several years ago, but uh, she's got her own true cruise travel company. So we'll get shameless plugs there. And Shelby's going to help us when we start uh, doing cruises uh, with Action Radio. You know, I've got plans to go to Belize to go see my friend Ellen Dawson, who's a tour guide down there, you know, working with Shelby uh, on cruise ships. And then we'll get to, uh, and I was on for short times. These are like week-long things. It wasn't uh, a big deal. I tried working uh, on cruise ships at one point, but uh, they didn't tell me, but I pretty well guessed I was, I was too old at that point. They have like this 30, 35-year-old cutoff. Uh, they want you young. They want young people doing young, exciting things. And it's like, hey, I can be exciting too. I can, you know, I can hang upside down and do a, do a talk show. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm not limited by, by, a whole, by most things that people are limited by. Although skydiving is, is one. I was just thinking that... Uh, uh, I was watching the the news before the show came on. Dan Ball went skydiving. I just never, you know, I don't know. I just a, it's a falling out of the airplane thing. And I fly. I mean, I've flown airplanes, you know, since I was a kid. Uh, don't mind flipping around, looping, rolling, all that kind of stuff. That's cool. Leaping out of one, I just it's that falling thing. It's that shoot opening. It's that it's that whole you know what if kind of situation. I'm not good at that part. I like things a little bit more sure. You know, as I loop and roll open cockpit biplanes and hang in the shoulder straps. But I have a parachute on, so, you know, I mean, safety factors. All right. So as we're talking about with uh, Wendy, um, the things that are happening in the world today are horrible. And I think without God, I mean, she's absolutely right, that it would be so much worse. But the beliefs that we have, the ability to, to have faith uh, in a power way beyond, you know, you know mortal man in, in, our, in our situation in life on Earth here um, is, is critical. It's critical to, to – uh, uh, and it's arrogant, too, to believe that we're the highest power. Oh, come on. Give me a break. You know, try standing up against a hurricane and saying, no, you know, you shall dissipate. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're here. We do what we can. Uh, people can do extraordinary things, but it really takes a lot of other people kind of going along. And so that's, that's what I'm trying to help Catherine with some folks, you know, that I know in radio. Uh, that's the nice thing about being in radio is you get to know a lot of really incredible people. 
and and so that that's a privilege as well. And we'll see what happens. And again, the 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 fame and the, and the recognition that we get here, the main purpose is to bring freedom to everybody on a worldwide scale. You know, like I said, we've already written Australian Bill of Rights. Uh, I want to take a look at the Netherlands Constitution with Marco and see what we can do there uh, in terms of uh, laws that they have. Uh, I'm, I'm, I want to see if I can find something that will help the farmers, for example, some law that already exists. I mean, I don't know. You know I don't know until I look around, but going over the laws is not as difficult as people think. The lawyers tell you that so that they, you don't do it and realize how simple their job really is. It's not that tough. You know, reading laws is not that tough. The problem is they're long. So it's not, the, it's not the words so much as the length of the words, the volume of words. And that's what gets people all, all ponderous. We wrote a bill. Um, Judy Mikevitz was involved in that, and uh, Linda, just a regular listener, she was involved. And, and the bill is fascinating. It bans drug advertising. And our bill, our, our, um, our bill to ban drug advertising is about four lines long. And the, the law that we're replacing is about 10 pages. <laughs> You know, so 10 pages of regulations of how drugs can be advertised, and we replace it with four lines saying you can't. No, unless you're a health professional. Yeah, you folks, you, you can get drug ads, but uh, you know, regular folks, no. No, that's a little too much. In fact, that's what most countries in the world do. All right, so let's, um, there's some interesting things happening in terms of the speakership. And if you remember, Kevin McDeepstate, that's what I call him, Kevin McDeepstate. And the other one is Illegal Brandon. So Brandon has degenerated now to illegal Brandon because he's still there, you know, pretending he's president when I'm sure he knows. Well, he may not know. Everybody else knows that there's no way he could have beaten Donald Trump in a fair election. So when people say, well, there's no evidence that there's any vote fraud. Well, I'll say what the evidence is, you know, Brandon's there. <laughs> there's no way Brandon could beat Donald Trump in a free and fair election. I mean, this is obvious to everybody. Uh, it should be. And again, people who, who, who don't say that are, are either stupid or liars, most generally liars. So, one of the things that happened when uh, the House actually – I'm surprised the Democrats didn't seal the House. You know, the, I would have expected them to do that unless they knew that Kevin McCarthy was going to be Speaker and that he was going to be a Democrat anyway. And that's kind of how it's turned out. So, and I remember, if you remember my show, screaming, don't let Kevin McDeepstate become Speaker. Hold out. And when the Congress, you know, even my own Congressman, Matt Gates, voted for Kevin McCarthy, I'm like, no, no, he's not the one. He's going to screw us over. Well, sure enough, guess what happened? He's screwing us over. This is a terrible deal. $4 trillion in debt, and they call that a victory? Oh, please. No, the, the victory would have been uh, lowering the debt ceiling and canceling a bunch of spending. That would have been a victory. This, this is economic treason, or just plain treason. So I found a report in a website called 1945, rather interesting year, UN, into World War II. Uh, and the politics section, and this is Stephen Silver, published 17 hours ago. Well, maybe we'll see what it was anyway. So let's say yesterday, just to be on the safe side. Kevin McCarthy, soon to be out as speaker. And they actually ask it in the form of a question, like Jeopardy. Soon to be out as speaker. It says, now, if Kevin McCarthy were to be removed, leaving a new speaker to immediately negotiate a debt ceiling deal with the president, with days to spare, all bets are off. Okay, let me correct that right now. <laughs> First of all, leaving a new speaker to the new speaker wouldn't have to negotiate anything. The new speaker can say, wait a minute, right, we're either going to let the government default, uh, we're going to come up with a new bill that cuts spending so you don't have to negotiate at all. Um, there's a, we're going to put it into you know, uh, appropriations. There's a multitude of things a new speaker could do. The idea that the new speaker has to immediately create another deal? Well, why would you do that? It's probably going to be just as bad as this deal because Brandon is not going to go for anything that isn't uh, economic treason himself. So why would you even negotiate with illegal Brandon? Besides, I think it's unconstitutional. Constitution very clearly says that all legislation um, 
comes from the Congress, and all revenue bills start in the House. So why would you negotiate before you've got a bill? So, so you're supposed to do the bill first and then negotiate. You know, uh, but to, to pre-negotiate so you don't get a veto? No, that's just cowardly. All right, let's just go through uh, Article 1. See what's, I think it's the very first sentence of Article 1. Constitution of the United States of America. Preamble, Article 1, Section 1. All. That's the word, folks. Right there. All. All legislative powers herein granted, in other words, by the states to the federal government, herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and House of Representatives. All legislative powers, which means no legislative powers exist anywhere else. The Supreme Court has no powers of legislation, no power to create law, no power to make policy, no power to enforce regulations. They have no power at all all beyond cases in law and equity. That's it. They can't interpret. They can't be there for life. None of those things apply. The president has no power of legislation. None. Because all legislation resides with Congress. All 100%. Right there. Let me just read it again because they said it better than I just did. (laughs) Not hard to find. I love this book. This nice big book. Uh, All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States. Okay, so can the president issue executive orders? Sure, but those are all based on legislation. So if the president ever issues an executive order that is not strictly within the confines of legislation passed by Congress, that executive order is illegal. I'll say one particular pops up, John Kennedy, who authorized the, uh, the creation of federal unions. That was done by executive order. Well, there's no law backing it up. Therefore, that, that executive order cannot exist. I don't remember Congress passing a law saying federal employees could unionize. And if I'm wrong, I mean, anybody's free to you know, let me know. But as far as I know, there is no such thing. Granting citizenship to people born to foreign nationals, especially illegal aliens, is not law. It's not even, you know, it's just a, it's just a policy. But it has no basis in law. Certainly the Supreme Court cannot make that happen, even though they say they can, because all legislative power rests with the Congress. So the only people who can make illegal aliens citizens is the Congress. And I don't think they could do that because it's so contrary to federal law, contrary to federal law, and we'd scream at them anyway. So let's get back to the article. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, or as I say, Kevin McDeepState. That's hard to say, but it's funny, so I do it. Soon to be out of speaker. Well, let's take a look. Kevin McCarthy in Jeopardy. Oh, no. Do, 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 He's in Jeopardy, right? We are in Jeopardy. This is what happens when you leave me on my own, right? I start making up stuff. The author says, author was, quote again, Stephen Silver says, while it didn't appear at first that Kevin McDeepstate, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy's deal with President Biden, otherwise known as Illegal Brandon, so Kevin McDeepstate's deal with Illegal Brandon would cause him to face a call for him to lose his gavel. That's the hammer that they slapped down. Okay, right. One congressman has made just such a call. Kevin, McDe- Kevin McCarthy in jeopardy is the headline, question mark. Article says, back in January, when Kevin McCarthy was seeking the House speakership, he lacked the votes at first and entered into negotiations with what was known as the Never Kevin caucus of hardline conservatives who opposed his ascension. Well, it's not an ascension. It's actually an election. <laughs> he, 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 you don't ascend to the speakership. You get elected to it. Okay? You get elected by the members of the House of Representatives to the speakership. That's how you get there. It's not an ascension. And that was part of the problem. Kevin said, it's my turn. <laughs> You know, I've been here long enough. You know, I, uh, I was with uh, John Boehner. I was loyal. You know, I, I'm your loyal puppy. I followed you around, you know, for years and years. Make me speaker. 
No, Kevin. That's not how we do it in a free country. Uh, and yet there he is. So this is back in January when Kevin McCarthy was seeking the House speakership. He lacked the votes at first and entered into negotiations with what was known as the Never Kevin Caucus of Hardline Conservatives who posed his ascension. Eventually, McCarthy was elected speaker after agreeing to certain concessions. See, he, he doesn't force concessions on illegal Brandon. You know, but he did agree to concessions to become speaker. <laughs> Coward, wimp. Article says one of those was a new rule that required only one member of the House to allow a motion to vacate. A motion to vacate, if passed, means that Kevin McCarthy, Kevin McDeepstate, is no longer Speaker of the House. That would be fabulous. Now, of course, the Democrats will see that as an opportunity you know, to try and put their own Speaker in, even, though the, even over the Republican majority. I don't think they're going to get that. They're going to try, but just because why not, right? They've got nothing to lose. Um, but if we get a decent speaker, let's say Jim Jordan becomes speaker. <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be fun? Uh, I'll tell you, that, that deal's out the window. <laughs> that deal is gone. Uh, anyway, it says the implication was that if McCarthy went against the, that caucus on a major issue, it, uh, uh, it caused, the, the miswrote this here, it, co- you know, it could cause, I would say, McCarthy his cost. I, was, I should say it cost McCarthy his gavel. Now it looks like that could happen. Yay! Go, go for it, Congress. Don't McCarthy, don't McCarthy, don't McCarthy. So after Kevin McCarthy reached an agreement over the weekend with resident Biden to unconstitutionally, in my words, raise the debt ceiling, he says, I almost think I have to add words to this to have it make sense. He says, anyway, members of the House Republican Caucus expressed their opposition to the deal, believing that McCarthy could have gained more concessions. Well, the first one being, don't raise the debt ceiling. Uh, in fact, there are some members of Congress uh, with a little bit of courage who said, I'm not going to vote for any deal that raises the debt ceiling. That's a proper stand. But what they really should say is not only are we not going to raise the debt ceiling, we're actually going to lower the debt ceiling, and we're going to pay off enough obligations to lower it and start this on the way down. That's what they should say. Anyway, it says that now one member of Congress has come out in support of removing the Speaker. Representative Dan Bishop, my new hero, Republic of North Carolina, on Tuesday became the first member of the House to announce his support for a motion to vacate, reported by The Hill. However, Bishop has not committed to introducing the motion himself. Coward. <laughs> so wait a minute. So he wants all the credit for making for saying that there should be a motion to remove the speaker, but he doesn't want to make the motion. That's a coward. <laughs> okay, so he's braver than most for actually suggesting the motion, but actually not making it means he doesn't want to be in trouble with his, his Republican Party handlers. This is, however, Bishop has not committed to introducing the organizations. And when everyone on stage at a press conference was asked to raise their hand if they support a motion to vacate, only Bishop did. Yeah, because the others don't want to lose their, their, their power, prestige, you know, all the things that come with the trappings of, uh, you know, being a, a part of an illegal government, because <laughs> they're part of it too. So anybody who's in the Congress who isn't constantly saying every day, this is a fraud government, this is an illegal government, you're part of the problem. And that would include my heroes, Mac Gates, Jim Jordan, the other folks that are, the, you know, Lauren Boebert. They should be saying every single day in a press conference, here's what the illegal administration did today. Here's what the illegal government did today. Here's, here's more evidence of vote fraud. That's what they should be saying. Article says, I'm ready to go figure out how to fix this. Uh, S, you know what that word means, sandwich, right? He says, this can still be fixed, but the road gets narrower to fixing it every time. And that's Bishop. That's um, Representative Dan Bishop, Republican of North Carolina, who says there should be a motion to remove Speaker McCarthy, but doesn't actually want to make the motion himself. Coward. And then he says, and Kevin McCarthy's been sitting there in leadership. Well, he's been in leadership forever. She says that the announcement came at a press conference for the House Freedom Caucus, which announced as a group that they oppose the debt ceiling deal. 
Well, good for them. Let's see how much power they have. There's only 30 of them. So it's interesting that the only people who are involved in freedom in the entire Congress are 30 members of the House, in the House Freedom Caucus. The rest of them are deep state. Those aren't good odds. Then it says, the announcement came at a press conference for the House Freedom Caucus, which announced, okay, there we go. Sorry about that. NBC News, a reliable leftist source, reported separately that Kevin, that Representative Ken Buck, Republican of Colorado, on a call Monday night with the Freedom Caucus, had floated a motion to vacate. What does that mean, floated? Gee, guys, you think we should uh, have a motion to vacate? Well, I don't know, man. Yeah, it could be risky. You know, they might, uh, you know, say that, uh, you know, that they have relations with farm animals or something like that. You know, you never know what's going to happen, right? You know, so the left will accuse the conservatives of everything and they're terrified of it rather than come back with something even more creative. You know, it's like I saw you in the zoo last week admiring the koala bears. <laughs> you know, is something going on between you two? I mean, just, just statements like that are funny. You know, I know they're koalas, okay? I know that. I'm, you know, lived in Australia. But see, this is the, 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 the conservatives have no, no wit, no sarcasm at all. You know, and that's... Uh, you know, if they have so much fun, we should start calling Brandon Weeble. Obviously, he doesn't fall down. President Weeble today. You know, I mean, they, don't, they have no sense of humor. And this is why I created, actually I actually have a new group, the Action Radio Comedy Frontier page. Has it the Action Radio Comedy uh, Freedom Frontier. There we go. The Action Radio Comedy Freedom Frontier. That's my new comedy group. No restrictions, no rules, no approvals, no membership, no nothing. Just get on there and make some really raunchy stuff. <laughs> it's all there. That should be fun. All right, back to the article. It says, the speaker has said on numerous occasions that the greatest threat to America is our debt. Okay, and that's Representative Scott Perry, the chairman of the caucus, said, I guess the Freedom Caucus, said at the press conference. He says, we had time to act. This deal fails completely, and that's why these members and others will be absolutely opposed to this deal, and we will do everything in our power to stop it. Okay, everything in your power is a big word. <laughs> I don't believe them. I don't believe they're going to do everything in their power to stop. And in fact, I, th- I think they're going to wimp out because um, they haven't had the daily press conference. They haven't uh, had the daily press conference on the update on the January 6th political prisoners. They haven't denounced the, uh, you know, Brandon insurrection every single day. They're not doing anything. They haven't even, be, you know, John Paul Jones said, I had not begun to fight. I haven't even begun to fight, you know, where the ship was sinking. These people really have not begun to fight. They don't have anything on a daily basis to overturn the overturned election. They don't have anything on a daily basis to correct uh, what's happened. They don't denounce everything that Brandon does, illegal Brandon does, as illegal because he's not the president. They should. They should take lessons from the Democrats. They'd, they'd handle this much better. All right. Everything in power to stop it. Right. And then he says, Perry fell short of declaring his support of a motion to vacate. See, wimped out, right? Although he did say that I focused on defeating this bill. What happens post that and the agreements that we have, we will decide once we've determined the disposition of this bill and its finality. So if it passes, are, you then, are they then likely to dump McCarthy? No, because the bill passed. If it fails, are they likely to dump McCarthy? Probably not, because we're so involved uh, in renegotiations with Brandon. And then McCarthy will say, wait a minute, I'm the only one who can do it. I've already talked to him. I know what he thinks. I know what he wants. So they'll put McCarthy back in, negotiating with Brandon. They'll come up with the same deal, and we go through the cycle all over again. Then the article says the Biden-McCarthy deal, if, if it passes, will likely lose some votes from both Democrats and Republicans in both houses. Yeah, the Democrats want even more suicidal spending. So those people are irrational. Then it says if it fails to pass, it would likely force Biden and McCarthy back to the table for more talks on a deal that could get the votes. No, that's not how Congress is supposed to work. 
Congress is supposed to pass, the House is supposed to pass a budget resolution. That bill then goes to the Senate, and the Senate either passes it or passes their own budget resolution. That bill then goes back to the House, and if they don't like it uh, and they can't agree to changes that the Senate can't agree to, then they go to a conference and they hammer out a bill, a, a conference bill. And that bill, that bill goes to Brandon. But you don't go to Brandon before you have a bill. You go to Brandon after you have a bill. That's how it works because all the legislative power rests with the, uh, the Congress. So you can't have Brandon in on the legislation part of it. That's unconstitutional. You should never talk to Brandon before there's a bill. And once he has a bill and he vetoes it, yeah, then he can talk. But until then, no. This is probably so galling to me. It says the Martin McCarthy deal, if it passes, we'll likely lose some votes. If it fails to pass, it would likely force Biden and McCarthy back to the table for more talks. Not true either. They all, all the House has to do is cut spending below the debt ceiling. Then it says that's what happened in September 2008 during the financial crisis when the first vote to approve TARP, I forgot what that stands for, was defeated in the House before a second attempt passed. If Biden and McCarthy have to speak again, it will come with an even tighter deadline with June 5th identified as the date that a default would take place. Well, wait a minute. I thought it was June 1st. Now it's June 5th. Can't you people get your act together? <laughs> you know, what, so what is the date? Maybe it's June 30th. I don't know. What, what if there is no date? What if they're just lying to us? This whole thing stinks. This is as for a possible motion to vacate, doing so would trigger a vote on removing the speaker. Well, that's what a motion to vacate is. Duh. We're still several steps away from that. And it's far from clear that there's there are anywhere close enough to enough votes to remove McCarthy as speaker, nor is it clear who would replace him if he was removed. Well, let's find out. <laughs> let's find out. Why not? This is crazy. All right. So we've got Kevin. Let's do Kevin Cave. I got another article for you here. Uh, that's, no, I think I read that one already. What else do I got? That's fine. Oh, here we go. Worse than anyone realizes, eliminating the debt ceiling is the catalyst for our nation's demise. J.D. Rucker. I'll tell you what, J.D., I'm going to play something here. And we'll have a little bit of fun. Play something for a couple minutes. Let's talk about, oh, I need to make more of these. Let's, let's go back to Seattle. Something pleasant to listen to. Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Remember, this is about three years old at this point, but it's, still, it's an oldie but a goodie. But it really describes the left so well. I play it anyway. Here we go. Ah, Seattle, time to visit again, or for the first time. No matter how many times, you'll never forget this visit to Seattle. Watching the sun set on the west coast, the guitarists on the street corners, people walking, hanging around the many cafes and art enclaves, just taking it all in. From Pike Place Market to the first Starbucks, to the whales in Puget Sound, and views of Mount Rainier, there is nothing like Seattle. And now you can watch the sunsets glistening off the broken glass in the streets, various styles of bottles used for Molotov cocktails, fashion statements made with creative body armor, the use of improvised weapons, the never-ending art forms painted on every building, particularly the man parts, and the beautiful sound of voices in unison expressing their fondest wishes and desires for your life and property. So how can you visit this enchanted never-never land of the Northwest during their summer of love? Snowflake Tours has teamed up with the Seattle Board of Economic Development, Tourism, and Riot Promotion to extend the warmest of welcomes to our latest attraction, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, affectionately known as CHAZ, soon to be called CHOP, but we like CHAZ better. 
If you think Disneyland is a good time, it's nothing compared to Chaz. Chaz being an autonomous nation within the United States, protected by the Seattle mayor and city council, you can't just walk in like illegal aliens at our southern border. This is because there is a wall and guards openly carrying firearms in order to maintain the security of this new fledgling nation. So, there is a procedure to gain access. Snowflake Tours has made this an escorted tour for your safety, and so you'll be surrounded by people who look like you. White people will have an Antifa tour guide direct from their mommy's basement. But don't worry, they can protect you because they are fully indoctrinated and trained with the latest techniques of mayhem and street combat. Black people will be escorted by a member of Black Lives Matter. Fresh from riots across the country and funded by Amazon and other mega corporations, with their training and experience, you couldn't be in better hands. And of course, they speak black. Take in the wonders of Chaz while you are there. You can warm yourself by the burning book piles, feel the camaraderie as you are swept up in a march or rally, get a brief audience with our warlord, but not for too long, and be sure to make an offering. A blank check, signed, is preferred. Don't worry about the police, there aren't any, which is fine because there aren't any laws either. Businesses and attractions may not be there when you get there, depending on the needs of the people. The unique feature of this tour is that rather than enjoy the things that are already there, on this tour, it's what you bring to the table that counts. Money, supplies, there is a whole provision list of things like food, water, batteries, jewelry, and other commodities of exchange to choose from in donation to keep Chaz a people's paradise. On this vacation, you show up with full suitcases and leave with empty ones. That's what makes this tour so special. Chaz, a new nation, a new concept, coming to a liberal city near you. Here it is, America, the answer to riots, brutality, and all our racial problems. The return of the January White Sale. Are you a guilt-ridden white person? Are you a person of no color? Do you want to finally assuage that guilt for slavery, the Civil War, the KKK, and black people sitting at the back of the bus? Well, here is your long-awaited answer. The Black Lives Matter Department of Reparations has come up with the perfect solution, the return of the January white sale. Now, in years past, this was a big deal. After Christmas, sheets, towels, pillowcases, and other white linens were sold with their biggest discount of the year. In today's new normal world, however, things are going to be very different because Black Lives Matter is changing the original white sale and now they are actually going to be auctioning off and selling white people. You, white, guilt-ridden, ashamed of your whiteness, complete cowards, bowing your heads, kneeling, raising your hands like at a revival meeting. You, you with your eyes cast down, you whimpering liberals hoping to buy your way out of a debt of guilt that can never be fully repaid because no leftist of color wants you to. You, you will have the chance to experience what no black person experiences in the United States today. Slavery. Yeah, that's right. Slavery. Isn't this great? You'll be on the cutting edge of social justice and you will save the taxpayers some $14 trillion of reparations national debt. Black Lives Matter has gone to a lot of trouble to erase our history and remake society so guilty white people can finally feel free of their white supremacy. George Soros and Bill Gates have already created the venture capital fund to establish Racebait Consulting, Incorporated, which will be handling the actual white person sale in January. So, who is available for purchase? Oh, and part of the deal is that white people can't be bought by other white people. That would defeat the whole theme of the event. 
Anyway, to the question. Your basic rifle on the pickup truck, racist, sexist, Islamophobe, Neanderthal, redneck male, is probably not going to sit around and be put in an auction, even if they will be well cared for by their new owners. What we will have available are liberal, surrendering, grilly man metrosexuals and emotionally distraught and disillusioned feminists, both of whom have already knelt before a designated agent of Black Lives Matter to confess their white privilege. So how do you guilt-ridden white people sign up for the January white sale? It's easy. Contact your local chapter of Black Lives Matter, show up at a rally with a flag saying, take me for the January white sale, or simply sign up at the next mass kneeling confession of white privilege coming to a neighborhood near you. The new January White Sale is made possible by a grant from Racebait Industries, Incorporated, and put on by the new normal, new improved Black Lives Matter. cool see all the fun we have around here yeah i included my my uh, january white sale special uh on top of the uh, the chaz one just because i'm just in that kind of a mood today um so i need to make more of those now for those who don't know i have a whole series uh of these politically amazingly in, in uh, uh incorrect things like the the new normal church and grocery store you know how muddy python would view racism um chaz uh, the january white sale uh and a bunch of others and i made them all during the lockdown and so this is, I don't get creative. I don't get angry. I get creative, right? So during the lockdown of, of COVID, when the businesses were closed, the schools were closed, everything else was closed, I was just, you know, going crazy. Uh, and so I ended up making all these really weird things. And I've never been, been able to do it since. I, that, that inspiration, that creativity just really hasn't been there. All right. So when it does, I'll make more because I certainly had fun doing those. And I've got the uh, production capacity uh, to do it. So we shall see. All right. Let's get back to a couple more articles here. I'll be done with it. Excuse me. I'll be done with the debt ceiling today, and it looks like they might be too probably by tomorrow. Congress they're going to have some kind of consideration. So the question is, are they going to approve this economic suicide and economic treason, or are they going to get rid of Kevin McDeep's date uh, and get a real Republican, you know, as Speaker of the House, and so or both? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. But my recommendation would be immediately to get rid of Kevin McDeep's date uh, because the deal sucks. And anybody that's that bad, that contemptuous of our of our country shouldn't be serving the speakership because he's not doing it for us. He's doing it for Congress just to spend more and more and more and more and put us into an unrecoverable situation. So that kind of person does not deserve to be speaker. He actually he never deserved to be speaker. As far as Congress goes, they're addicted to spending. Uh, they're it's, it's pathological. Uh, they can't help themselves. They they're like. Uh, sexual predators that, that, that can't stop themselves until they're arrested. Well, these, these are like economic predators. They cannot stop themselves from spending. They are so obsessed with spending. And Democrats are even worse than the Republicans. But they are so obsessed that they are willing to put us $4 trillion more dollars in debt over the next two years. That's $2 trillion a year. That's insane. That's irrational. <clears throat> that's, that's psychotic behavior to think that it's okay to do that. But they do think it's okay to do that because they're doing it. So this is where we need to, uh, to take some serious action, which is why I proposed uh, my constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. That's going to go to Matt Gates at the end of the show and uh, various other folks. I'll probably, I might even do it in a press release, uh, the new and improved constitutional amendment. Uh, 
Anyway, I got another article here, and we've got a little bit of time before Shelby gets here, and we'll talk cruise and travel, get completely away from politics, and well, maybe not completely. We'll see. We'll see the current status of COVIDs and vaccines and things, uh, as far as those illegal restrictions on travel, uh, basically quarantining the healthy people. You can't do that. That's unconstitutional. And yes, your rights do apply. You know, uh, leaving the, the ports of the United States. International waters, I'm not sure. That's a, there's probably a different governing body. But uh, anyway, so J.D. Rucker, interesting person, uh, writes an article, worse than anyone realizes, eliminating the debt ceiling is the catalyst for our nation's demise. That would be death for those that don't, uh, you know, like words. <laughs> it says, he says the debt ceiling was not raised. It was temporarily eliminated. See, that's a really clear distinction. They're not raising the debt ceiling. They're getting rid of a debt ceiling. In other words, they can spend as much as they want. He says, this opens the door to horrible things that go far beyond the existential threats uh, we're currently facing. So an existential threat, for those that don't know, is a threat to your existence. So the left is always fond of using that word. The words. They use it with climate change. Of course, climate change is, is a totally manufactured thing to bring in communism, socialism, and a bunch of other leftist things uh, through fear. It's the same fear they use with COVID, but they found COVID fear much stronger than uh, climate change fear. But now that COVID's pretty much over, they're now going back to the old standby uh, of the climate change thing, even though we know that it is necessary to burn organic fuels, uh, coal, oil, and natural gas to replace the carbon dioxide uh, that all the organic material locked up millions of years ago and that the oceans keep because they're too cold. So when the oceans get warmer, they'll release carbon dioxide. When the earth, uh, when we burn more uh, organic fuels in our V8s, uh, pickup trucks and trucks in general, that, that will put more carbon dioxide into the uh, atmosphere, which means more carbon dioxide for the plants to breathe. That's the building block of life. And uh, once that gets going, we'll have more food, you know, greener places, and it's going to be good. So earth's warming is actually a good thing, contrary to popular belief. But you talk to any climate geologist, anybody that actually knows the science, rather than those getting grants that say otherwise, uh, the, the only climate change that we really need is warming. Warming is a good thing. Uh, the benefits are extraordinary. Um, in terms of life, plants, food, animals, everything else. Anyway, J.D. Rucker says from May 29th, so that would have been two days ago, for the past, the last two years, I've been watching minions of the powers that be uh, to see when they would make their big move. They installed Joe Biden for a reason uh, that, that isn't, and it isn't just uh, because he had been the most compromised man in Washington, D.C. for at least a decade. They needed someone who they could fully control with no reservations. That would be Joe Biden. Joe Biden is in the White House because he is fully controllable, not because he won the election. Anybody with a brain knows that. Uh, and then, he said, then he says, if the handlers assigned to him by the globalist elite cabal told him to nuke Moscow, there would be a trident twos in the air within minutes, no questions asked. Yeah, Joe Biden is completely compromised. That's why he's there, right? He says, knowing that since, the late, since uh, at latest the 1970s, and likely much earlier than that, the cabal has been pushing for a multipolar world ruled by 10 regional powers that answer to centralized leadership. It behooves, that's a nice word, it behooves us to, to uncover their plans to eliminate America. A huge part of those plans uh, include modern monetary theory that would not only end the U.S. dollar status as the world reserve currency, but would simultaneously propel multitudes of Americans into a state of complete dependency on government. So that's the whole point of taking away your money. When they take away your money, not just CBDC, but they take away the value of your money through inflation, uh, that's theft. That's theft on a, on a, on a global scale, but it's especially theft on a national scale. Inflation is theft. So you, when you see 2% inflation, 5% inflation, 8% inflation, think of that as 8% theft of your money 
by big government and the big banks through the Federal Reserve. They're taking the value of your money away from you. And that's what inflation is. Inflation is taking your money away. Whereas deflation is giving you your money back. So the answer to inflation is deflation. It's pretty obvious, actually. You know, the, if, if inflation takes away the power of your money, then deflation restores the power of your money. Well, how do you get deflation? Well, you stop printing so many dollars, you actually take dollars out of the economy. The more dollars that are taken out, the more valuable each dollar becomes. Well, that's, uh, that's deflation because then you have fewer dollars. So we're not inflating the value of the money. We're inflating the actual number of dollars. So if you deflate the number of dollars, if you remove dollars from the economy, then you get uh, a whole bunch more value to your money. So if the money is more valuable, then you need fewer dollars to buy the same good. So a good that costs $5 might cost $3. Well, now you get two extra dollars for other things. So that's what deflation does. The, the, the answer to all this is deflation. I'm going to do a big deflation special um, probably next week some point and, and really explain how this works. Of course, I have to learn it myself first because <laughs> I'm still new to some of these terms. Anyway, the article says, knowing that uh, here we go. He says a huge part of those plans include modern monetary theory that would not only end the U.S. dollar. Okay, I already read that. There we go. Let's go down a little bit further. He says, if the debt ceiling deal passes this week, wouldn't that be a tragedy? It would be fairly safe to assume that this is it. This is the next big piece of the puzzle to take down America. To understand this, we have to examine the dynamic that's now in play. He says the vast majority of people who are paying attention assumed that there would be either a there would either be a debt ceiling increase or default. As it turns out, neither is the case. Instead of raising the debt limit, Kevin McDeepstate, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy, and the Biden-Harris regime, otherwise known as illegal Brandon, removed the debt limit altogether until January 2025. What happens in January 2025? Well, the next president gets inaugurated, right? So what they basically did, let's, let's be really clear what happens here. They're saying that there will be no restrictions on their spending at all until the next president is in office. That's what they're saying. So this is unlimited election spending, election bribery, election unlimited um, you know, funding of whatever they want, whatever giveaway, whatever bribery, whatever they want to do, they're going to do and there's nothing anybody can do about it to stop them. That's what they're saying. That's wrong. He says, J.D. Rucker says, once this debt deal is signed, there will be no cap on to how much government can spend. Do you understand that? There is no cap. There is no limit. It's like a, if you had a credit card with no limits on it and, and no need to pay it back, how much money would you spend? I'd buy a jet. I'll be quite honest now. I'd, I'd, go, I'd go to the, the Lear Jet Corporation. And I'd say, I'd like to get uh, a Lear 35, okay? And uh, I want to hire an instructor to teach me how to fly it. And I want an unlimited supply of fuel and really good maintenance. And I'm going to fly that thing all over the world. If I had an unlimited credit card and I never had to pay it back, yeah, I'd have a Learjet today. I have one this afternoon. In fact, I charged the airline ticket to go to the Lear factory, have them teach me how to fly it and bring it home. Why not? I've got unlimited money. That's what Congress is doing. So look at it that way. So take your wildest dream, the most incredible thing that you can purchase that you can never purchase you know, on your own. Well, I might be able to purchase a Learjet one day. We'll see how successful the show gets. But the point is that your wildest dream, if you wanted your own you know, huge truck for business or if you wanted to uh, you know, buy a beautiful yacht or if you wanted to uh, start any kind of business, if you wanted to buy a gold mine, it didn't matter what you wanted to buy. And you could spend as much as you wanted. There was no limit to your spending. You could borrow literally trillions of dollars. Uh, you probably wouldn't need that much. That's a lot of money to spend. But you probably borrow, you know, a few billion. Well, that's interesting. I just heard a large, large bang out there. 
which is several possibilities. That large bang on my door could have been a backfire from a truck, could have been a gunshot. I don't think it's lightning because I don't see any evidence of a storm. Something really loud just happened. Maybe I'll hear about it in the news. Note the time, Greg, 8.51. Anyway, but that's it. That's what Congress has done. Congress, and, and if you could give yourself permission, if you could call up, uh, get yourself an American Express platinum card and say to American Express, which doesn't have a limit. Of course, you do have to pay your bill with them. But if you could say, well, you know what? I'm going to suspend my payments on my credit card. I'm going to borrow enough money to buy a Learjet, <laughs> you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. So get used to it because we need that. Otherwise, I'll default on my obligations. So once, once I buy, buy my Learjet, right, and I say to the credit card company, well, you have to, uh, you have to honor that, that Learjet payment because I'll default on my obligations and I can't do that. Well, that's what the government is saying. Government's saying, you know, buying a Learjet for everybody and saying, uh, wow, you, we've got to keep our Learjets because otherwise we default on our obligations and we already made the obligations. Of course, those obligations were made illegally, right? This is how it all works. All right, back to the article. As long as they keep pre- printing money, well, we talked about that earlier in the first hour, right? He says, as long as they keep printing money, they can keep spending money. As long as they keep spending money, they'll keep printing money. The door is being opened for modern monetary theory to take hold in America now. So what is this exactly? He says, oddly, uh, I think I scrolled down too far. Uh, There we go. Oddly, only a handful of conservative lawmakers, independent journalists, and patriotic social media influences influences are even talking about the fact that the debt limit will be effectively eliminated. I guess that includes us because we're talking about it, right? He says, most of those most of those who have noticed are looking at it from the wrong angle. He says, they're generally saying that if this move by McCarthy and Biden is for the sake of, the pub- of public relations, so they don't make headlines about raising the debt limit by $4 trillion. That's not true. He says, but that's just the icing on the cake, at least from the perspective of the globalist elite cabal. The real reason, okay, emphasis, I'm slowing down. <laughs> the real reason McCarthy, Biden, and the uniparty swamp, that would be the deep state as we know it, are supporting this is to prepare for the next phase of the Great Reset. He says, go ahead and grab your tinfoil hat if necessary, as I'm about to go into fringe thinking about what's happening. Well, let's go. Let's see what happens. He says, eliminating the debt ceiling for 20 months does two things. First, it streamlines the uniparty swamp's ability to carry out the spending needs of the powers that be. All it will take is another pandemic war at any level, more banks failing, a so-called climate change crisis, or some other emergency for them to instantly turn the money printing presses to ludicrous speed. Now, we've talked about this before. There are no situations where the Constitution can be limited. None. There are no situations where your rights can be taken away or even curbed even a little tiny bit. There is no emergency clause in the Constitution. There are no legal restrictions on your rights. Although the courts say there are, but they're wrong. They're wrong because the courts are subordinate to the Constitution. And since the Constitution doesn't have an exclusion, an emergency clause, uh, or anything that says once it's ordained and established, which it has been, it's in full force all the time, 100%. In fact, the time you need your Constitution the most is when the government declares an emergency and tries to take your rights away. That's how it happens. Okay, eliminate death ceiling. Okay, I already read that. All right, here we go. Almost done with this part here. And then I'll get to some of the comments on, uh, on um, live chat. He says the second thing this does, okay, so the first thing, streamlines the universe. In other words, the first thing it does is allow the, uh, uh, the uniparty, uh, the deep state, to spend as much money as they want uh, during the next election cycle and print as much money as they want. That's economic suicide. 
He says the second thing this does is to give us conspiracy theorists uh, theorists, a date before which their machinations will be ramped up to overdrive. He said, we've already had some ideas of the timeline because of Agenda 2030. That's what Brianna is going over during her report first thing Tuesday morning, Agenda 2030 from the United Nations. He says, now that we have a moderate level of confidence that they will do something massive in 2024, they might even do it in 2023. We'll see. He says, what is, quote, it? That's hard to tell. These demonic types are quite clever. As I noted before, I didn't even consider options outside of raising the debt ceiling or defaulting. While I was busy gaming out how either scenario would play, the powers that be were busy throwing the ultimate economic curveball. He says, we must fight this. And yeah, we can. Uh, why, uh, how we fight this? And let's see if I put my comment in there. My comment's not there? Well, my comment's going to be there. <laughs> it's going to be there. Um, sometimes let's say the comments. I thought I wrote a comment on this one. Yep, there it is. So, so what did I say uh, back on May 29th when this came out? I said, uh, where to go? Come on, guys. Uh, I have my comment right in front of me. I thought I'd put a comment on this article. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's scroll down. Ah, here we go. Greg Fangles, <laughs> that's me, May 29th, uh, said, you can fight this, J.D.? That's for J.D. Rucker. And it starts with covering our Action Radio constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. And, yes, it can be ratified but it will take multitudes of journalists covering it, polling on it, and millions of people sending the link to the bill to the House and Senate. Will you start the process, please? We've already written the amendment, and here it is. So I put the link of our constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. Uh, and, of course, the beauty of our website, writeyourlaws.com, is that whenever we put uh, a bill online um, and, you, and people click on it, it automatically clicks to the latest version. These are self-correcting bills. So the fact that I rewrote last night um, some measure of our constitutional amendment to take away the power of Congress to borrow money. It's now a much better bill because it gets rid of the Fed, gets rid of the printing of money, uh, gets rid of the ability of government to own securities, and basically puts uh, the Congress in a position where they have to fund everything they can't borrow. Well, what about an emergency, Greg? What, like what, war, nuclear war? Do you really think if, if China sends missiles at us that Congress is going to meet and borrow money? Well, what about a pandemic? The pandemic was easily curable. Uh, First Amendment, freedom of information, early treatments. I've got the CDC chart. I put it on my shows every, every day. CDC chart that showed that the death rate went to pretty much zero on July of 2020. Anyway, I'm going to hold this off. i got Shelby in the line, so I'm going to totally change and play something I haven't played in a long time. We could take a break from politics. This is so much fun. Unless we get into it, which we occasionally – actually, now that I think about it, we've gotten into it a lot. Uh, that's been kind of fun. So let's go cruise and travel. Now i got to figure out where I put it. Oh, it's under Shelby. <laughs> and now – uh, something we haven't heard for way too long, uh, our cruise and travel intro to Shelby's report. Here it goes. Yeah, man. Come with Shelby to faraway places, wonderful beaches, exotic foods, meet new and fascinating people as Action Radio cruise and travel reporter Shelby Fernet takes you to where dreams become your reality and experiences become your best memories. Yeah, man. Here we go. And let's give her a round of applause. Thank you. Hey, gorgeous. It's been way too long. What have you been doing the last six months or so? We, we, we miss you. Yeah, what's happening? Oh, Good morning. thank you. Well, Thank you. Yeah, it's, we've been busy traveling because travel is finally back. So our agency has been 
working overtime. Um, we have 16 new agents, and we are on track to sell a million dollars in travel. We've had several groups this year. I think we've we've had at least, I don't know, a couple hundred people that we've booked. Um, yeah, so it's just been incredibly busy, uh, but, you know, we have to keep our foot on the gas uh, because we don't know when more craziness would ever occur, right? Oh, yeah, they <laughs> could always you? throw another pandemic party and, uh, and then screw up our lives once again. That's always possible. Exactly. Uh, let's get the name. So... <laughs> yeah, let's get the name of your place and website and any contact information. Let's do that right now. We'll do it again at the end of, uh, oh. of our chat. We are travelfun.com biz where your fun is our biz travelfun.biz and um, we try and remind everybody that you must be fun to travel with us that is a requirement and uh, or oh, I identify that. as being fun <laughs> yep. yeah do you have a fun scale do you have like a test do you have a quiz we can identify fun our, our fun meter? our fun quotient we will get to that eventually, but not yet. No, we haven't implemented the fun meter yet. We have had discussions. Like I said, we're growing pretty rapidly. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. you know, travel is one of the biggest booming uh, industries this year. According to Google, it's number three. And really? the reason for that is because, yeah, well, for two big reasons. Number one, we lost about 80,000 agents over the pandemic because people just couldn't sustain um, a living, so they did other things, um, or they retired, you know, because maybe they were – older because travel agents used to be kind of a thing of the past so we lost a huge amount of the industry and then another reason it's very popular is because since the pandemic people are really like happier to have a travel advisor and actually advise them on what the requirements are and what the the travel situation is Um, and travel and actually three reasons that's to travel agencies are getting more perks than they ever have before because they really want to ramp up travel yeah so they where they've kind of had like thrown us to the wayside um and we still were doing a lot of singles groups uh, which was really a niche market because you have to book with us in order to be part of the group right um mm-hmm. after, after since the pandemic they've been totally doting on travel agents and agencies because they lost so much so they really want the marketing um to go further so we've got the most deals the most travel agent discount rates and the just the most uh percentage that we've ever gotten before so it's kind of a perfect storm for us, and we're just pedal to the metal until things change. You know, Greg, like, we just know that, like, there's uncertainty in our world. So um, that's why I haven't been here, but thank you for missing us, and we appreciate that, and we miss you too. And uh, travel is definitely full steam ahead right now. Well, good. i got a ton of questions for you, but just uh, also if you can, feel free to post. Anytime you have new uh, trips, deals, things like that, we still have the cruise and travel group. And so that's always there. And so so put the, all the good deals you can in there. And I can feature that more and say, hey, guys, this is what I found on cruise and travel. So you can post anything. Uh, it'd be great to have Thank it. You. That's kind of why I, that's kind of why I set it up was was for for you and the biz. Um, and so it's uh, because I want to do some traveling with Action Radio. And so when the restrictions are gone and when I have a few more sponsors um, that I hope to get uh, a cruise for all of us at Action Radio, I want to go see Ellen Dawson in Belize and then anything else you have in mind. I'm open. You know, so it's like, you know, what's good? What's interesting? Where should we go? You know, let's uh, let's let's go. Let's go see the world and, and uh, you know, do little freedom trips uh, with us. Um, what happened uh, from kind of get us caught up here? Last time we talked, there was still COVID stuff going on. Mandates. I think the, the, the mandates and the restrictions were just coming off. But how bad was that? I mean, I can't think of any industry. Well, there are probably some, but travel is one of the most restricted. 
you know, you had to have a vaccine or you had a vaccine passport or you had to be tested, you know, every day or they had all, or you had to wear a mask. There were just all these restrictions that didn't apply to a lot of other businesses. I mean, you could go to Walmart, you know, regardless, right? So you go to Walmart, but you couldn't go on a cruise. And I, I never understood that. Yeah. You're, you're, surrounded, you're surrounded by people. So what happened? Can you kind of walk us through the bad days to the good days now and, you know, a quick little history of, of how we got to where we are now? Yeah, sure. So, you know, in the beginning, um, interesting, by the way, MSC never actually stopped cruising. MSC was the only cruise line that, that traveled during COVID and mm. moved over 100 people. Um, they uh, Before the vaccines came out, um, they did the testing, um, but not vaccinations. And they seem to be uh, pretty uh, pretty good. That, that went, went pretty well, actually. And where but are they? MSD? I'm not MSC, MSC. It's, one of, it's a Mediterranean shipping company. It's really a European okay. line. It comes from the Mediterranean shipping company. So it really was, okay. it is a shipping company as well. They have a cruise division now. Um, they're very European, and um, the prices are incredibly uh, low, and the ships are beautiful, and you get a really good mm. flair of Europe. Uh, all, wow. the, all the yeah, all these staff speak like five languages. Um, English is usually their first or second uh, but I love the whole experience with the European style because, you know, you get this more eclectic environment and the mm. kids are speaking languages. Yeah. So they, that was really innovative. I always gave them a lot of props for that. Um, and then when vaccines came out, uh, everybody, all the cruising industry went to basically, if you're not vaccinated, you cannot work nor go aboard. Um, and then they had a 12 and under were didn't have to be vaccinated yet, and if you were not vaccinated, then you had different sections that you like. It was like they would section you off, um, and you still had to wear masks at any time you sat down. That's that, that's always been a real point of contention for me. Anywhere, I, I find that so you're more vulnerable when you sit down. <laughs> but if you're playing yeah, like deck you, tennis. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. If you're walking around, you have you you didn't have to wear. If you sorry, if you're walking around, you had to wear it. If you sat down, you had to put it on. That was what it was. And like at the restaurants, they kind of adopted this restaurant mentality. And then they took all the bar stools away. That was another real real what? weird one, in my opinion. Yeah, they, they took the, the bar, bar stools, stools away? away. Because you yeah. were sitting, right? I guess, but like you were sitting <laughs> other places, and you couldn't sit there. <laughs> so much. It's so That's strange. And now um, I would say no, none of the passengers, uh, not, not maybe 2% of the passengers wear a mask. And, and that is also confusing to me because, like, for example, we went to a big show one uh-huh. night and, uh, and the woman came into the show lounge and sat down next to us without a mask but when she sat down she put her mask on and I, I just I just like I don't understand I'm like I just I really can't there's no possible way I could possibly understand the logic beyond that I mean I can understand someone feeling like their mask makes them safe or maybe they don't feel well and they're trying to whatever make precautions but to to completely not wear it and then sit down and wear it that that to me is like that's beyond. conditioning that is psychological conditioning. Yeah. Do you, have you ever read the, the, the boxes? Uh, I don't know if they still do, but for a long time, there was a, a, a label on the, uh, the, especially the blue ones from China, that said, does not stop viruses. And I pointed yeah, that I out to somebody. 
that doesn't prevent COVID-19. <laughs> well, COVID that's what I mean. It doesn't prevent any virus. It doesn't prevent yeah. cold. Yeah, cold, yeah, flu, you name it. So, I, so, I saw all that, yeah, I did. But you can't but show people that. And then there's there's um, the uh, a lot of times the people in restaurant food mm-hmm. have to wear the masks, but nobody else has to. But some of the staff choose to. Um, so that's always strange too. And I, and I asked one of the staff members. I think I was on over the the holidays actually, and I said, "You still have to wear them?" And he said, "No, we do this to protect ourselves from you." And I was like, "Oh, okay then." <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> And they, okay. one thing I thought was really cute is they came up with little buttons, on um, Royal Caribbean anyway, that had a picture of their face and said, like, you know, what I look like without a mask and a smiling face on the little buttons yeah. that he wore. There really I is thought, a person oh, that's, over here. That's nice. You know, well, why would you get a job on a cruise ship which is surrounded by people in an enclosed environment if you're worried about COVID? I mean, that's just silly. You know, you know and, and not worried about... Of, there's a lot of ways that can go, but, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a job and people money and they have their well that's true yeah you know you're right there absolutely but But they're not worried about flu they're not worried about there's so many bugs out there and they just singled on this one this is what i find so crazy about the whole thing there's lots of bugs out there you know that's why we have an immune system i mean but this is i mean i've had it a couple times it sucks i mean it's like the sickest i've ever been as far as i can remember in a long time and i get it and um anyway i thought people are traveling now yeah. I, I honestly would wear it as a cruise. I would probably wear it as a cruise employee just so I didn't have to smile 24 7. Like I said, <laughs> my mouth would break. <laughs> That's, That's actually all I not was bad. Thinking. I'm like, oh, they probably yeah. just don't want to have to smile for like, because it's so, I mean, literally, my face is to hurt when you're working at a ship. It just, it's so exhausting. It's like you don't so, realize how, how much effort it is to smile for 12 hours straight, you know? Well, if you're in a beauty pageant, I think they have to, they have that same issue, even worse. So if you had uh, if you had to do a, a microphone, like you know those headset mics, or use a microphone, did you talk through a mask into the microphone? I'm just curious. Uh, I haven't had to. I, I'm not a big fan of the mask, so you know whenever there's any opportunity not to wear it, I don't. Um, right. I haven't had that experience. Um, I think I don't recall having that experience anyway. I, I haven't uh-huh. had to wear it. And, and be on stage. Um, yeah. Oh, another thing I did find interesting, though, this last time I was just on last month, and uh, I didn't realize that some of the staff that work in food, like people that cook and stuff, they're uh-huh. not allowed off the ships in port. They still have a lot of restrictions of when really? the staff is allowed. Yeah, I thought, oh, that's so sad. You know, it's tougher for the crew than it ever has been. They have more um, restrictions of getting off and um, I, which I find to be like the job was so great because you worked so hard, but there was so much benefit. You know, there was such a there was such a bonus at the end, which was always getting off and you know going. Is that just the the, and, the the kitchen folks or, or anybody? The crew can't get off the ships anymore. All the crew. I mean, who can get off? No, I think I think it's just certain posts. Like they have they've chosen okay. ones that they feel are high risk that would contaminate the the uh, clients. Quicker, which you know is not untrue. Of people that are working with glue with their hands, and if they get it, obviously it's going to transfer, and there's an incubation period, and the testing isn't that valid. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just so sad to me to hear that. But I, I think it's probably a pretty good decision uh, for the masses. I mean, you're talking now; most of these ships are holding like three and a half thousand people, but plus yeah. the crew, like 
four or five. I mean, with the crew, it's like four or 5,000 for most of the ships. It's, it's a lot of people, and they're all coming from all over the place. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is – it is a virus, so it, it mutates and people get it, and it's it's not fun. Um, some of the interesting things I can tell you that are probably wowing um, was the days when they were requiring vaccinations, and they were also requiring testing, mm-hmm. which meant you know everyone on the ship was tested negative and and had a vaccine, and of course they were still having breakouts, and it became. <laughs> Like I, I had several people uh, anecdotes of, of, of incidents of what happened, and it, it became something of a secret mission with hazmat suits. I mean, it was really like from the movie Outbreak. You know, if they hmm. found out you had COVID, they like locked right. you in your room and they gave you food. Um, some of them even made some prettier rooms so that if you were locked in an inside room, they could isolate you. And there was ventilation filters that had been like extra filters. So it wouldn't get through the whole, the whole uh, ship. Um, someone with a hazmat suit would come to disembark you and they sprayed your luggage down and you got escorted off like a demon. And then you got like pushed into a, a into a uh, Uber, which obviously the Uber driver wasn't too thrilled about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you were like, thrown out the door like tuck and roll at some hotel where they also knew you had COVID and like isolated you. It was um, quite the, and then at some point they didn't want to test you at all because they just didn't want you to, like at the end of it, like nobody wanted anyone to test positive anymore. They, they didn't even like allow you to get tested. I had one of them, one of my, that, that one of my agents positive. actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's like, I wanted to, I need to test for COVID. I was exposed. She's like, I'm sorry. You don't have any symptoms. She's like, well, I feel like I have symptoms and I know I was exposed and they like, take a test. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. We're not giving those out. And it's like, yeah, she had to we, we can't afford it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no more COVID. Like, We're oh done. Oh my gosh. Like, this That's is just funny. so, so nuts. Like, um, Anyway, uh, now it's, you know, it is what it is. And I think, um, I think you know, COVID's obviously still around, naturally. Uh, well, it's always going to be around. Scared. It's like, you right, know, I'm sure exactly. there are places in the world that have smallpox, although we, we isolate it and get rid of it as quickly as possible and treat those folks. Um, but it's the irrationality of this that I, that I find so crazy. You know, the, uh, um, you know, the mutations of vaccines. And, you know, we've, we've talked about all the politics. So I don't want to get into that. But there's a lot of insanity that goes along with this. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of, uh, you know, of just outrageous precautions of things that, that don't necessarily apply. And since we've talked, I think I've had both Drs. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter McCullough on the show. And so if you want to check those no shows. Kidding. Those are fascinating. Oh, no, they were unbelievable. They happened for an hour each. Uh, they were great, and we really got into some of the uh, the actual health effects of the vaccines, of COVID itself. So you can always look those shows up. In fact, anybody can look up a show. You go to your broadcast page. There's a little window at the top in the center. Just put Action Radio, comma, you know, whoever you want to see, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone. Uh, we had Ed Dowd. Remember the, the Wall Street guy who wrote um, um, – uh, I forgot the, I keep forgetting the title of his book. Um, causal – I forgot what it was. It's not, anyway, The Sudden Deaths. From, uh, from the COVID shots. Cause unknown. That's what it is. Cause unknown. He was on the show for an hour. We talked about our wow. vaccine liability bill and a bunch of other things. Oh, I've had some extraordinary guests. Um, just this week, we've had Catherine Arnett, who's a friend of mine, who's the Marine who they keep trying to court-martial for not taking the jab. 
and so she's facing another court martial. She was just on uh, Monday. We had our, our Memorial Day special, which I always do live. Uh, and then she was on yesterday with Brianna Cannon, uh, who's our 16-year-old incredible reporter who does government inquiry. And we're going over Agenda 2030 with her, the whole UN thing, 50-minute cities, everything. Um, so there's some pretty fascinating stuff going on here. And so uh, so feel free. <laughs> Drop in more often because I can tell you, get you all caught up. But, yeah, we've had extraordinary guests. We've had Christina Bob, Trump's attorney. We've had uh, Peter Navarro, uh, Trump's senior advisor. You know, we had uh, David Stockman, Reagan's budget uh, person. Uh, and they just keep coming. You know, the, we we do things here that nobody else does. And so, you know, especially with the variety we have, too. But, uh, yeah, and this is it's only going to get uh, stronger. And, and uh, more impact, you know, as, and like I say, I've got a bill. Uh, well, it's totally off topic, but, you know, just to spend a really quick minute on the debt ceiling. You know, everybody's talking about, well, we have to raise the debt ceiling to meet our obligations. No one's saying, well, why don't you cut your obligations and bring, and bring down the debt ceiling? That's not even a consideration. We've got a constitutional amendment to stop this nonsense forever by taking away the power of Congress to borrow money. No one's talking about that. We are so far ahead. I'm not blowing my own horn here, but just thinking we, we, we think like there is no box. We consider things that no one's even you know, considered. And we've been doing that the whole time we've been on the air. That's what makes it so much fun to be here. So if you have ideas for, for cruising, things that no one's ever thought of, you know, new ways, new, new preventions, new air circulation, anything that comes to mind, this is a place we can talk about it. And then we can get it to the rest of the, maybe the cruise industry. Who knows? Maybe we'll come up with the next you know, brilliant idea right here. That's what we do. Yeah. So this is like, well, congratulations. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. been a really um, ridiculously uh-huh. uh, crazy time. We're very uh, thankful that travel's back and uh, so many people are getting in the industry. Uh, that's really great. It's been how's very fun to mentor it? agents. Yeah. Um, how's working in the, in the cruise ship industry? Like like people starting out, you know, they're the first entertainment or they work with the kids or, uh, you know, basic crew. Um, how, how's working in the cruise industry now? I don't think it's as good as it used to be because of the fact that they're, um, you know, having more restrictions than ever. Uh, and don't forget, they have, the, you know, they have the cameras now everywhere. So that's a completely oh, really? different experience. Than, yeah, I mean, there's cameras all in passenger and in crew area. Um, huh. So it's, it's, I mean, the whole point of being a crew member, in my opinion, was was to kind of, Work hard and then let off steam and, you know, go party with your friends in these beautiful places. Yeah. And now now you really can't, like, do anything that, you know, it's the <laughs> big brother's That's, watching. So I don't, that is really I don't interesting. really think it's a great gig at all. <laughs> like, but, yeah. but they're, you know, different life, different world. No, think about that for a second. I mean, what, like, why, do, why do people join the military? So they can leave home and see the world. Why do people work for cruise ship companies? So they can leave home and see the world and not have to be in the military. <laughs> I mean, it's, it seems yeah. like the great escape, the great adventure. If you're 18 and, and, and kind of crazy, you know, or 21 out of college, what a great job. I wish I'd thought of it when I was 18 or 21. I didn't. I thought it was like, you know, 40. And they, they, actually, later than that. And they thought, well, yeah, I think you're a bit too old for this, Greg, even though they never told me, you know, straight to my face. But what a great opportunity. And it, you're saying it's not that same adventurous uh, thing no, anymore. Definitely it not. Like. I mean, you're under the microscope huh. all the time. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of factors. I mean, there's factors of the fact, like, at this point, people, the population has just changed. And um, there's more people that want the job, more people have heard about the job. So the... Uh, the demand is 
is high, but like the amount of options that they have is countless. So it's you're really okay. just a number, and if you screw up, like that's it. They just don't want any problems, you know. So they don't have any problem replacing you. Whereas I think you know, 20 years ago, it was still kind of a uh, one of these adventurous things. You really had to be a certain type of person to take that leap. Um, travel just wasn't so accessible. These types of things were not as recorded. You didn't have the kind, you didn't know. I mean, like I said, the first time I showed up to work for six months on a cruise ship, I had never seen a cruise ship except for on the love boat. So, right. you know, I didn't even know. I had no idea. Like, I w- it was so adventurous. I didn't know when I would be able to talk to my mom. I didn't know if she'd know where I was. I didn't know mm-hmm. how And that was okay with you, right? Yet. You were okay with that. What was that? Yeah. You were okay with that. I mean, I was very adventurous. I mean, I definitely, you know, I I definitely was the most adventurous person I knew at the time. You know what I mean? That was responsible and uh, and brave. And also, I didn't have these big family ties. Like, I had, you know, I have a couple good relationships, but I was never one of these people that couldn't leave my family or, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, I was lucky enough not to have family obligations and I didn't get knocked up when I was younger. I didn't have any kids, you know, so it was like kind of a lot of things there, but it was, it was so, it was like, um, it was just, it was at the end, the tail end of the best days. And I I don't even think I had the best days. I think 20 years prior was the best days. I mean, I remember. So what time period was that? Was that too much? What what were the golden ages of cruising? Like the 80s was like the prime time. 70s, 80s was like the best time to be on a, to be working on a cruise ship. Because the rules were like, there weren't really a lot of rules. It was like, even when I got there, they, they didn't have like, a training program. It was just like uh, watch out, do this, wear that, say this, uh, be here, have this. We're doing this now. They just, it was just kind of like go. And um, now, of course, they have a lot of, you know, I'm sure they're training videos. They certainly have training protocols. I mean, I remember when they, they finally were like, you can't work more than 12 hours a day. And I'm like, but I'm working 16. And they're like, yeah, but you can only say you work 12. So every day we had to go down and we had to write down our, our peak hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, it, but like now they actually only work twelve hours, so good for them. I, I think that's good. Um, but it, it was it was just kind of one of these like things skated by. I, but I remember the old cruise directors that were there. They used to tell us stories about how they used to streak on the deck, like they used to have drinking <laughs> contests well, at night. You know, which see, that was, would never uh, go over. Like it, when I was there, like if they caught us streaking on the deck, we would be sent home. But like back then, it was just kind of like, oh, that crazy Tom. You know, like it was, it was a thing. And I don't know, cruisers were different. They were. Um, I think that's another thing that really changed. You know, with the advent of having less expensive and more pleasing for the for everyone you have people that don't have a lot of money and that want to get every like they just feel so entitled for every penny whereas it used to be more of an affluent um experience so these people just didn't care that much it was kind of almost entertainment for them and they you know it's just a different type of personality when you when you have overabundance of wealth and you don't have to worry about things and um, I think that that changes the staff too because now I mean it's just it's mind-boggling how mm-hmm. everyone feels like they pay top dollar even if they you know got the cheapest rate you could ever possibly imagine I, I just had an incident with this woman who 
And we put her, she asked for her cabin all the way forward, as far forward as possible balcony. And we had a lot of 20 balconies. And so I was so excited. I got her this balcony. And she came back after seven days on a ship. She got the lowest rate I've ever seen for a balcony mm-hmm. for seven nights on a British ship. She mm-hmm. goes, I'm upset. I'm mad. I'm angry. I was like, oh, oh, great to hear from you. What happened? He goes, you know what happened. <laughs> what are you talking about? You did this to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Can you please back up? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> she is, like, on fire, angry, like, you know, raising her voice. And and she said, uh, you gave me no view. There's no view. There was a wall, and I had no view on the balcony. And I said, you had an obstructive view? And she said, yeah. And I said, what was there? Like a lifeboat? And she said, no, a wall. I said, really? And she goes, you know. And I was like, oh, my gosh, will you stop? I don't know. Like, I don't know what every room looks like. And I asked for a balcony. Usually, if it's an obstructed balcony, that wouldn't be in my inventory. So there's something missing with right. that cruise line's information. But, you know, I'm really sorry. And um, I want my money back. I'm like, oh, will you stop? Like, I can't give you I didn't even <laughs> you like your money, money back. Like yeah. You went on a cruise, like you, like you, for a thousand bucks for a week at a balcony. Like apparently, you had a little bit of an obstructed view from the amount of anger. I, I really rather doubt it was even that obstructed. But you know, it's just they, they feel so entitled to so much for so little. <laughs> you know, actually, I've seen that. Very, if you look at uh, if you've ever worked in a restaurant, uh, if you've ever worked uh, service, uh, you know, I delivered pizza for a while. You know, the customers that pay the least want the most. It's a very strange thing. You look at the airlines, you know. I mean, I started traveling in the airlines when I was a kid in the 60s. And so 65, I went on my first airplane flight. Uh, people dressed up. Uh, and they, I remember we actually, you know, my folks could afford first class. Uh, they had money until I graduated high school. Um, but we actually traveled first class. And it was, it was very uh, elegant uh, traveling. Now, it's good that people, you know, can afford travel and we have economy and people can fly that way. But unfortunately, it's become to a point where it's like a bar room where people feel entitled to fight on airplanes or, you know, bring their pets or all the other stuff that happens on airplanes now. Right. It's a totally different environment. And, but the entitled, this entitlement is almost like the welfare mentality. It's like people who don't work, who are being paid by other people's hard work, still want more. And I was like, how dare you? You have no idea, no appreciation where someone that's like an entrepreneur has worked hard, built up a business. They're the nicest people of all. They're the most generous. Yeah. You know, I've seen that as a tour guide. Uh, the people that caused me problems were the people that got, you know, a free tour. And some people get a free tour just because they just, that's just how they do things. You know, they, they scream and yell and complain and they get free meals, they get free tours, they get free everything oh, yeah, simply because they're allowed. That, that really right. is a cultural thing that I am, I'm so over. And that's really one of the reasons that we always say with travel fun, I'm like, you have to be fun to, to book with us. I just don't, your money just isn't good here because the amount of pain that you cause me when you are one of these people that wants to squeeze every dollar out of every cent and it's mm-hmm. just not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. Yeah. It's like they, they're on this massive complaining trip and they live to complain. Who can complain the most gets the most brownie points. And it's this, yep. it's this cultural mindset that um, I see, you know, a lot in certain sections of the U S that, mm-hmm. um, you don't see it in, in the South so much, for instance. You know, you see like right. this more, you don't, you don't, there's an actual cultural, like, psychosis that I think some of the cultures believe that complaining more makes you, like, a better person. And I, I, I don't know, and they give people such a hard time over nothing. I just, 
Like just the other Appreciate day, uh, my friend, my, I don't Go know. No, that's fine. No, well, it uh, doesn't matter. Because. Yeah, yeah, we, we we can pick that up another time. We'll probably get both get in trouble uh, before we can go with this. Well, let's talk about I don't know, uh, like uh, where are people going? Are, are people combining tours? You know, because I know one of the, the best things ever with my daughter is when we went up to Alaska. You know, we did everything. We flew back. We took the train up. We took ships. We took buses. We took everything. Uh, it was the most unbelievable trip. We were gone for I don't know almost a month. You know, by the time we up went there, you know, we took the train to from San Francisco to Seattle, you know, and then uh, hopped over to Vancouver and then took the, the, the Holland America Volendam all the way up to uh, Seward and then, you know, bus over to Anchorage and then, you know, the McKinley Explorer up to Denali and then up to Fairbanks. And we, we flew up to the Anituba Pass, landed on this dirt runway in the middle of nowhere. It was great. You know, that's probably one of the best parts of the trip. You know, the, the, the caribou... Uh, you know, skins are hanging over the railings. It's permafrost. They don't have freezers. They just have, you know, dugout places. And you see things that you've never seen before. And so travel to me is an adventure. And, uh, you know, my daughter has that same spirit of travel. And, and, but you've got to look at it like that. And if all you, look, all you see are the complaints, well, the food was late. Or it wasn't exactly what I expected. Or it wasn't, you know, it doesn't taste like uh, my local fast food. These burgers are different. They've got, I don't know, teriyaki sauce. What is wrong with people? Why are they not open to, to new experiences? That's the whole point of travel. If you wanted everything well, exactly you like your home, travel, stay home. I think, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and I think you've hit, you've hit something pretty um, basic that's changed in travel since you used to travel. You know, everything in life has gotten bigger. I mean, just look at the fast food restaurants, the chain restaurants, you know, uh-huh. um, the, the big box stores. Everything has become corporate really and and i think okay. travel is is doing that too and um mm. i think if you really want to to be a traveler and not a tourist uh you you really do need to sort of do more land-based curated trips um okay. i also river river cruises uh which are really intimate um but these the bigger the ship the more Americanized everything is, and and it's what people want. So it's like not what you want, it's not what I want. But if if you're just going for what the masses want, and I I say this a lot, like what I like might not be what you like, and it probably isn't. Like I I'm much more of an adventure seeker. I don't like going. I don't like when I go to an island and it looks like a mall. I I dislike that. But most people love it, and they love the beautiful like curated beaches that they have. And I'm what's I'm curated. Better. What's like curated they beach? just dump it. I mean, they they made a beach. They made the beach. Like it's not something that is. It's it's just bulldozed and planted, and it's everything. Oh, is they're making perfect. islands now. Don't Cruise coming yeah, to their own islands. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they make an island. Yeah, island. Um, and it's beautiful. But these these curated places that are fabricated from perfection. That that's just. It's just not my thing, um, but it is most people's thing, and they are going for what most people want. So um, it's the cheapest thing, obviously, and it's, like I said, most people really, they don't want the adventure. They don't want to be too hot. They don't want to walk on uneven territory. They don't want to trip. They don't want to fall. They they just, they want very little authenticity, but they don't even realize it, and that's okay, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you know what you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if well, you want, th- th- what's wrong is for <laughs> those of us that want more. Um, so how about yeah, adventure well, you travel? Have to look Are a there? Harder. 
Yeah. Are there adventure trips? Like I would rather, my next cruise I'd love to have on a windjammer. And I'll probably get seasick and I don't care. Yeah, well, I, I, I want to be I on a windjammer. Windjammer doesn't, uh, wind doesn't exist, doesn't it? Yeah, eco tour, things like that. exist anymore. I yeah. talked to Captain Sly when they were going down. Um, actually, that went, that boat went back to a um, geographical boat that's doing Which oceanography. Which one? Uh, the windjammer uh, that we were on. The oh, barefoot windjammers? Yeah. yeah. I, was, the I was on the legacy. They're, they're yeah. done. They are done. They're done. <laughs> The, um, no Mandalay? The family took that one down. Hmm. Say that again? Well, the one I went on the Legacy, which we all knew was a fake ship. I mean, they put masts on it. It had an engine. <laughs> so it wasn't really a sailing ship. But we didn't care because it looked cool. And we went to all these different pirate keys, and, and we had a great time. Um, but the, the Mandalay was the, like the, the pure sailing ship, and some of the others, the small ones, like the 50, 60 passenger ones that were fabulous. Um, are those – I mean, that to me would be my next cruise. And I know there's one from Canada, too, that goes up in the, the Quebec Islands and up north, Nova Scotia way. Um, but there are there some decent windjammer cruises out there now? Not barefoot windjammer that so I went on. Wind, as far as I know, windjammer went out of business. Right. Um, however, it's it's possible that someone else bought it because there was a lot of stuff going on um, at COVID. I really have to look into that. I think that something has changed dramatically, though. Whatever whatever the case, something has changed dramatically. <laughs> Um, okay. But the Windjammer, the Mandalay Bay, that was a 100-year-old ship. So I, right. I remember we sailed on that. And that's definitely an adventure. And you're going to those little, 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 little islands, and that's very authentic and um, absolutely a, a cool experience. But you, you've got to go smaller for sure uh, if you want to yeah, have Yeah, we had 100 that. passengers. We had 100 passengers. Yeah. We had college kids, you know, running basically everything. They let me steer the ship late at night. I sailed the ship for 20 minutes by myself while the mate went for a coffee break. <laughs> Literally, I was oh, by myself. Fun. Well, it's hysterical yeah. because, you know, and uh, I was the passenger. And, of course, I could read a compass. I was already, uh, you know, well-versed in flight instruction. So I can read a compass and I can follow a course. That wasn't an issue. But just the fact that they left me there by myself, I'm like, now, who do I call if there's a problem? <laughs> you know, what if I see a whale? What do I do? So I'm running these little scenarios in my head. But it, 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 there's no way that would happen today because the camera would be on, you know, the, the, the helmet. And if he left for 20 minutes to get coffee and left the passenger in charge, he'd be fired. He'd be gone the next day. <laughs> You'd never get away with that kind of stuff. I just think we had more fun. You know, it's like the 80s, you know, when men dressed in uh, spandex and, and wore makeup and, and looked like women. And we all thought it was hysterical because it was funny. Nowadays, they're doing it. And now they're a civil rights group. <laughs> People have no sense of humor anymore. This, this yeah, no definitely. Yeah. There, it, it is. But, it, you know, what's interesting is that if they don't know that they miss the fun, they 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 don't miss it. You know, it's it's sad yeah. in a way, but um, I don't know. For me, it is. We're getting older. We're, we're looking back and saying, "Wow, those are the good old days." You know, um, they really were though. <laughs> the eighties were fun. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I'm trying to get a rock a, band it's of. Definitely, if you're looking for the authentic experience, you just you have mm-hmm. to go to a smaller ship experience, one that can go to the smaller islands, because the bigger the island, the bigger the ship, the more um, mass-produced it is. And that's not necessarily a bad thing for most people. Uh, clearly, most people really love that, and the price is really good. But mm-hmm. if you want something more authentic, you're just going to have to pay a little bit more. And and higher travel agents, that's the other thing that really people don't well, let's realize. Well, about travel agents. Yeah. yeah. Did people get away from it because they thought they could do it all online, and then they realized that they got screwed because they didn't know things that travel agents know? So what's what's the current – how did we, we lose our travel agents, and how did they come back again, what, if you have time to right. tell that story? 
yeah, let's tell that and wrap it up because it's, it is an exciting okay. story. So the whole travel agent uh, idea, you know, used to really be used to have to know what you're doing to book the tickets and such. And then when they started to get their IT together and they were able to have people book direct, you know, they thought, well, we'll just, you know, we'll cheat the travel agent because they don't want to share that 10% commission or something ridiculously low. Mm-hmm. Um and now that COVID happened and people realized that, like, you know, you really do need to have a little bit more information because you you really can mess up. And people mess up all the time. In fact, when I take people's accounts, it's like, I remember one just the other day, she's like, yeah, we're going on this cruise and blah, blah, blah. We already we were going to book it, but we just wanted to see if we could get a better price. And what I tell them is we can usually meet or beat almost every price and we're not charging. Mm-hmm. We're just making the commission. Um, occasionally, if they want me to do many quotes, we'll take a deposit that will go towards their final payment, and that's really just to ensure that they actually make the booking through us because I have had uh, other people that, you know, they ask us for a 1,000 quotes, they get all their information, and then they just go book it online direct. That was my next question. Yeah, yeah, I was that's I had a feeling that was happening. That's yeah. not cool. Yeah, can't have that. So rude. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the, and the other thing is all the information. So I had this woman say, oh, we, we wanted to see if you could meet or beat the price. And then I realized really quickly, I said, well, if you're trying to go this year, you booked, you're doing prices for next year. So did you want to go this year or next year? She's like, oh, no, I thought it was 2023. I was like, well, everything you just sent me here says 2024. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah. good to have another set of eyes. Um but there's so much in travel that's so messy. Um, and I, I do extra, we do extra stuff for our people too. We have Zoom sessions. We do girls trips and guys get togethers and we do romance travel where we um, surprise the girl or the guy, whoever wants to do the, the romance trip. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll curate where they're going to go eat and um, where they're going to, what tours they're going to do. And if they're going to have a little plate of, you know, little canopies when they get there or champagne. Um, and just try to make it really, really nice and surprising and fun. Um, but we, for the most part, don't charge any extra. And I think most people think that travel agents are going to charge extra. And that's mm-hmm. just not the case for most travel. Occasionally, if there's no commission involved, of course, we have to add on 100 bucks or a couple hundred bucks for our, all the time. But in those cases, they're all curated trips um, that you really couldn't do in a one-stop shop anyway. Uh, and the travel agent has so much information. Like, I mean, the stuff I tell people, just for instance, I had a couple of people in Greece and something everybody can leave with. If you ever go to Santorini, Santorini is like, I think, God's vacation home. I've been um, there. I was in the yeah, 80s on my, my 82 trip when you were much younger. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was there. And it, that's, when, that's, that's the year I crossed Checkpoint Charlie. Talk about adventure. I was in East Germany for a day. Uh, that was, and I almost, I almost got out too late. I came within like 10 minutes of curfew. Not a smart idea, but I was a young, you know, I didn't care. <laughs> it's just, I was an arrogant, you know, kid, but uh, yeah, Santorini is unbelievably beautiful. Now, has it been spoiled? Is it overcrowded? Is it still decent? What's, what's going on there? Well, so that's the thing. So nowadays, uh, they have not put a ship limit on and they, and they really deserve to like a three, four ship limit. But now there's sometimes six ships because you know, it's such a huge destination, and it, it, there's just a bottleneck right. to get up that. You cannot get up that mountain quick enough, and they have a little gondola that's very slow and old-fashioned. Um, right. And they have the donkeys, which are slower and more old-fashioned, or you can walk it. But when you have the donkeys, really, especially during the high traffic times, they're taking up the whole area to even walk up it, and, and it's, it's a pretty big climb. So anyway, you know, you get six ships in there, and what I tell my passengers if they're on a ship, I'm like, I don't care what you book. 
but do not think you're getting off on your own and or saving a few bucks by going with a tour guide outside. You are booking the earliest uh, cruise ship event just to get your, I don't even care if you go on the trip, just get off the boat because they will make you wait till all the tours get off and then you're going to end up wasting literally three of your eight hours in this most beautiful place in the world just trying to get off the ship, right? So mm-hmm. tips like that, you don't know. And, like, it really does spoil your whole day in Santorini if you don't know that. And by working with a travel agent, these are the things that we can help you with that right. you would never right. know. Why would you know that? Like, why would you think, like, I should get an early tour and not even – and just ditch the tour? Like, you don't have to go <laughs> on the tour. You just want to get off the ship, you know? Yeah. And um, those things are, are really priceless. And, and one last thing I would say is if you are – if you are – if you have a friend who can travel – I, I can't believe that people do this to me constantly, always asking me about their trip, how to help them on the trip they book. If you're not booking with me, my time is valuable. My information is valuable. The least you could do is book with us. Don't ask me for favors when you've booked on your own or through someone else. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, do you ask Sometimes that question? I said, do you already have your trip booked? And, you know, it, it, I'll say the same thing. I used to work in a gun store years and years ago. And people would, uh, and we were really well informed. We knew our products. We knew firearms, you know, incredibly well. And people would uh, take all our knowledge and go buy their gun from the, the place where they get a $50 discount. And they were happy because they didn't have to hire staff because they, they, they would come to us for all the information. Then they go there. Uh, and, uh, you know, by the guns. So what the hell are we doing this for? So, uh, yeah, it became, a, a, you know, an interesting situation. People are selfish. That is incredibly selfish. If someone gives me time, you know, and explains things to me, I'm going to go with them just because they gave me the time. I mean, I, I'm really loyal to folks, you know, for doing that. But if, if you don't have the mentality of if you think people that are here to serve you as opposed to you're here to work together and get their knowledge, then that's a, that's a totally different attitude. But that's probably changed, too, which is too bad. Hmm. Yeah, and to answer your question, I do. I always say, hey, you know, if if you booked with us, I'd be happy to help you with all that. But really, all my time has to go to the people that are booking with us because and that's, that's fair. the people no, that's that fair. are paying our bills. Yeah, you know, that's completely fair. Next time you can book with us, and it's just like it's it, it, it's just it's infuriating though because at some point somehow they leave you feeling like you didn't do them justice, and I'm getting peppered all day and about other you know little be strong, questions be that, strong, Shelby. Again, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, there's no reason yeah. to cater people that aren't paying for the service. It doesn't work that way. You know, it's like if people came on my show and wanted to advertise their show for free. No. You know, if you contribute a report, that's different. Now you're giving something to, to, to our show. You know, this is why I say you can give all the shameless plugs you want because you're here participating. But if people just come on my show, I have blog talk hosts that do that. They'll come on the show, they'll plug their show, uh, and then they expect that that's it. They can just get away with it. It's like, no, <laughs> now that you're on my show, we're going to talk. And so they do pay for it one way or another, you know, usually with embarrassment. Yeah. It, but, uh, it, it, yeah. It, <laughs> that's funny. Well, uh, to wrap it up, I would just say travel's back, but I don't know how long Good. it's back. And I feel like um, it's the time really is an, it's important time to take as many trips as you can because I don't know what the future holds. And that's why we're working 24-7. I'm right. not sure, you know, what they're going to do. What we've seen them do and what they got away with is – is mind blowing, and it. I don't think that it is impossible to conce- inconceivable that it will happen again. So I would say travel while you can. <laughs> That's what I well, not say. if I have something to do about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so are we now? Just a, a final question: Are we vax and mask free? Can we travel like normal people again, or no? Or is it still restrictions? Yeah, yeah. There, I I don't know of any place that has any more vaccine uh, restrictions for travel. Or testing. Um, so I, 
or testing. Yeah, right now. Okay, right? good. All right. All lifted for now. Okay. Yep. So that's so as soon as I. So uh, Yep. As soon as I can, then uh, I get a couple more sponsors here on the show. Uh, I'll be able to travel, and then I'll let you know, and then we'll start we'll start scheduling our first action radio trips. Yeah, which we'll be fabulous. Action radio group. We'll put you. We'll get all your people together. We'll promote mm-hmm. for you, and we'll get a link for you, and you know, you'll be able to be the group leader. So you'll be able to go and um, yeah. and and reap the benefits of that, and we'll get some fun groups together, some conference rooms, some good little bit of a back and forth lectures so you guys can have some good areas to debate and it sounds like a great idea we're happy to do it well, I just want to meet everybody I mean all these I've met you obviously but uh, most of the people that that call the show I have not met you know, I have met Pianchi or wow. Brianna or, or Jonathan or, uh, you know, any of the, Josie, I know, because she lives down here. Uh, Derek, I've met. But for a lot of times, I'm a reporter. Tina's in Arizona. I've never met her. Uh, I'd love to. She's like 75, aerobics instructor, eats nothing but steak. I mean, she's, a, she's Orwell. She's an English professor. I'd love to meet her. We have some just amazing people on this show. Uh, and I've never met them all because <laughs> we're all in our own place. So that's why I want to do the tours. I'll be talking to you. So, so give yourself another shameless Sounds plug and, and your famous sign-off, which I can't leave until I hear it. <laughs> Travelfun.biz, and I'm Shelby, your fabulous. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. Thanks again, Greg. It was great to reconnect. Good, and come back anytime. Well, we'll talk about that, too. I'll see if I can get you back more often. Now I can go through my day. I heard I'm Shelby, your fabulous. Now the rest of the day is great. <laughs> Thank you, Shelby. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. So I don't know what I want to do the last 15 minutes. I'm just going to play some music, have some fun. Uh, Anybody wants to call, I see there's a ton of things happening on live chat. But otherwise, uh, let me just uh, kind of enjoy some stuff. And uh, maybe I'll do another article. Maybe I'll make some announcements. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Anyway, here we go.
Don't you all feel better now? <laughs> That's the fun of it. Um, I've got a ton of messages from people, so we're going to get to all those uh, as I can. Um, and so, of course, after the show, is about 10 minutes from now. So I found a couple of articles. I'm just kind of roaming around my many articles. Uh, these are two from an intellectual uh, takeout, one of my favorite uh, philosophical sites to kind of you know, put a lot of things in perspective. It's not news so much as just uh, a very interesting thought. And so I got a couple of articles here. Uh, this would be a good time to get to those, and we'll tie up uh, this subject too for our memorial uh, week, which is what we're really doing here. And this is from uh, Ethan Connor, May twelfth, uh, twenty twenty-three. So just you know a couple of weeks ago. Whatever happened to the American way? And this is uh, again intellectual takeout uh, is the article uh, is the website. He says the phrase that fills this blank uh, used to be universally agreed upon. It was, after all, introduced in the classic Superman radio serial only two years after the, the character's 1938 debut. The 1940s mantra certainly fit its time, with America in the thick of World War II and the ideals of liberty and democracy under threat uh, on nearly every continent. It was only natural that the United States' greatest hero would stand for some of the country's core values, truth, justice, and the American way. Checking one thing real quickly here. Let me say that again. (laughs) You don't hear it anymore. So I just want to do it one more time. Truth, justice, and the American way. The American way, while closely associated with the man of steel for most of his publication history, fell in and out of use for much of the 20th century. It was dropped from the radio serial in 1944 when the Allied victory in World War II seemed likely and it would not return to mainstream use until the Cold War. Since then, this version of the mantra has become effectively synonymous with the character appearing across comic books and media adaptations featuring Superman. Yeah, a bunch of movies, too. He says the phrase has not had an entirely smooth history, however. At various times throughout Superman's history, DC Comics had seen fit to acknowledge, if not totally resolve, the controversy that such an overtly patriotic sentiment, statement excuse me, might breed amongst the publisher's audience. For instance, DC defended the motto in the 2001 fan favorite action comics issue, What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way, uh, where Superman actively seeks to prove to his enemies that those ideals are still relevant in the modern world. DC skirted the issue in Superman Returns, a 2006 feature film, which brushed the mantra off as truth, justice, all that stuff. Not quite the same thing. Then he says, but as of 2021, the American way part of Superman's slogan has been completely completely dropped in favor of a new saying, truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow belongs to me. Remember that from uh, uh, Cabaret, the film about early Nazi Germany? (laughs) Tomorrow belongs to me. Yeah, anyway, talking about the Aryan uh, future. Anyway, he says, the change, back to the article, the change coincided with the new narrative development in Superman comic books that John Kent, Superman's son, was bisexual and entering a gay relationship and an issue announced the same week as the new slogan. Yeah, we got to talk about the the sort of the LGBTQ plus, 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 plus takeover um, of our politics and all the guilt associated with it. So the people, no problem. The agenda, big problem. So we're going to separate those out very clearly. Anyway, he says a year and a half later, the twofold development of the removal of America from Superman's mantra and the introduction of his son's sexual orientation still divides the Superman's superheroes wide audience. This year, the new heads of DC Studios, James Gunn and Peter Safran, boldly announced a new slate of upcoming films and shows that will supposedly constitute a full reboot of all DC media adaptations. 
The first movie on the slate is entitled Superman Legacy, and unlike the writers of Superman Returns, Gunn and Saffron did not dodge the American Way issue one bit. The press release for the upcoming Superman film stated, <clears throat> Superman Legacy tells the story of Superman's journey to reconcile his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. In other words, he's multicultural, right? As Clark Kent of Smallville, Kansas, he is emboldened of truth, justice, and the American way. This return to the original slogan sparked heated discourse amongst fans. <clears throat> I wonder how that would happen. Oh, there's more to it. He's got posts. He's got all kinds of things. Actually, a little more to the article. That was more than I thought. He says, not all reactions to the news were negative. However, Hollywood is slowly realizing how off-putting woke theatrics can be, and the Biden economy is making studios pinch pennies in every possible way. Said conservative film critic and podcaster Christian Toto, as in Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. That's me. <laughs> the message is finally hitting Hollywood. Stop dividing us and take a knee in the culture wars. All right? It says, in spite of this controversy, Superman Legacy and the, <clears throat> sorry again, American Way. I wasn't coughing for the American Way. I was just clearing my throat. Sorry. It says, Superman Legacy and the American Way motto are set to enter production in February 2024. That'll be next year. And released in 2025, hmm, after the election, with the first draft of the script having already been filed by the time of the ongoing WGA. I guess that's Writers Guild something, Writers Strike. He says, meanwhile, the debate as to the slogan that best represents Superman rages on. Got a caller? I'll get you in just a minute. Don't go away. Uh, Superman rages on. It's clear that American political conflicts pervade not only the real world of culture and government, but also the pages of our favorite stories. As a microcosm for the broader cultural divide in America, the stakes are high for determining the true meaning of the world's most famous fictional hero and the nature of the ideals he stands for. With Superman's very character on trial, the patriotic virtues of 1938 under its criticism across the public sphere and the fervor uh, with which both sides clamor for their preferred motto, the question is now more pressing than ever. Whatever happens to the American way? I could do a whole show on that, <laughs> you know, and let's talk about that. In fact, I'm, I'm proposing, uh, I'm going to think about now writing an article about uh, whatever happened to normal. Well, what's normal? Well, normal is what most of us do. Mo you know, normal is, you know, belief in God, um, heterosexual, um, not a criminal, <laughs> you know, uh, not necessarily rich, not necessarily poor, you know, middle class, that's normal. Uh, belief in, uh, you know, live and let live and no, not some vast political agenda where people are oppressing other people for what they're supposed to do. It's not a forced belief system. It's really interesting. Uh, anyway, I've got a new caller here. Uh, no, that's not it. Oh, Pastor Don Green Jr. Well, actually, let's take him. I actually have a chance. So we've got a few minutes. I'll skip the other article. Let's talk to Pastor uh, Don. Pastor Don, where are you uh, located at this particular time? What's going on? I am agreed in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. My name is Pastor Don Jean, CEO, and I have one of my elite winning team members online. He's the ball one. I don't want to tell his story. I want to let him tell his story. Ball one, you have a four, Mr. Red. Wait, 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 stop. Hold on. So wait a minute. You're coming on my mm -hmm. show unannounced, unscheduled. You're bringing somebody that I don't yes. know onto the show and just assuming that you can bring this person on. That's a big assumption, don't you think? Oh, it is. But again, I have 300 winning team members and he's a standout member. I want okay. to bring him to the Action Radio family. Okay, so so first of all, we're going to have a, you're going to do a really big plug for Action Radio on your show and our legislative site, oh, writeyourlaws.com, yeah. right? Okay, good. Just want to check. All right. So now you can bring on your guest. Well, I want you to know how to pull. Yes, sir. Hello? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? It's the Bowen, man. Shout out to Pastor Don Sun. Don Joyce, CEO on the Elite Winning Team members. 
I'm out uh-huh. of Southwest Atlanta. And, um, you know, I'm just here to be a breath, a breath of fresh air to the game. You know, um, I feel like my music contains a lot of lives, not even not only adults, but the youth too. You know. Um, Wait, 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 hold on. Okay, so so are you are you selling a product? Do you have a YouTube? Are you marketing something? What? To, oh, Marco, I got to say goodbye to Marco. Marco's in the Netherlands. Marco, yes, you take care. Thanks for all your participation. All right, so back to you. So what? Uh, so you're coming on my show unannounced. You haven't even asked whether you can, you know, market your product, and and yet here you are. This is fascinating to me. Yes, sir. My um, my brand is the bar, sir. You know, that's so you still haven't asked if you can do it. See, you, you're forgetting the whole the yes, whole concept here. So you come on my show. You know, completely, yes, you know, disrespecting me uh, that you want to push your product. You don't know anything about my show. You don't know what you, you know, what you're doing. And yet you want to come on and talk about your, your service or product. That is arrogant. No. So start no, again. No uh, Greg, no can I be on your show and talk about my product, please? Okay, come on. Let's start yes, with the sir. basics. Ask my permission. Come on. Well, no disrespect to your, no disrespect to your platform, sir. Okay. But, you know, right. if you... If you would allow me to um, uh, project myself and uh, exploit my brand on your platform, you know, I, I would be honored to do that. You know. Um, okay. We we only have two minutes left in the show, <laughs> so you're gonna have to yes, call sir. back another time. But I also want you to take our platform, uh, BlogTalkRadio.com/slash/CitizenAction, and our website, WriteYourLaws.com, and talk about them on your platform because that's fair. You got a minute and forty seconds. Oh, yeah, you can talk I, about I, now. I okay. Wait, we can run a little bit of overtime, too. All right, go ahead. I, I hear the question. What's your question? No, I was, I was, I thought you asked me a question, sir. No, 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 no. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you know what we do here at Action Radio? Um, actually, sir, I do not. So I'm actually freshly, I'm actually new to the game. So I'm, I'm a oh, new okay. artist. Um, okay. And uh, so, I really so, don't. Yes, sir. That's all right. So, Pastor Don, what I want you to do next time you want to bring a guest on uh, that wants to talk about their product, make sure they know what we do. Fair enough? We'll talk after the show. <laughs> okay. Now yeah. you can go ahead. You're going to have a long conversation, sir. I brought okay. a lot of traffic here. <laughs> Clean, and you're always welcome on the show. You oh, know good. that. But uh, I just, but oh, it just yeah. it's just, uh, you know, it's like, and we just talked about that earlier with Shelby, talking about people who use her travel service and then go book with somebody else. You know, they got all the information from her, and then, and this is, it's an ad. Now, I, I have to ask you, Greg, I've been invited sure. to my show a million times. I've never heard you on one of my shows. Oh, which one's that? The Winning Team Wednesday. I have my show tonight. And I, so I didn't know, you're, you I didn't know you're a fellow talk show host. Yes. Okay, because I, I kind of yes, jumped all over yes, you for, for, for advertising on my as show. As long as so, I've known you, I've had my show. I've been doing what? my show. I've been sending you text messages all this time. Why haven't you came to my show? Where, where have you sent the text messages? To your phone number. I got I got over three thousand numbers, sir. But I what's have your, what's your what's what's all right, so so you're talking about live okay, chat? You, you don't have the, the you don't have my personal phone number, I'll tell you that. If you look at your phone, that? you won't see a text message from me. That's my Google voice number and that's why I text everybody. I'm just saying. Well, I haven't got a single text from you. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, I just haven't. You but know, if you text I'm our call in sure number so if you text our well, call I, number two and five, hold on, hold on, hold on. You show more than once, more than once. Really? So I, I'm not new to this radio thing. This I don't recognize you. Family, so. Really? so you didn't call me by my name before you opened my line. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. Oh, okay. So I think That's you might cool. be mistaken on that, which show it was because I don't. I've never received a text from you 
So what's your first name? What's your name and what's the name of your show again? Let me make sure I write that down so I'll know. Winning Team Wednesday. I'm Pastor Don Jesus, CEO with the Elite 300 Winning Team members. We do this every three months. You you get amnesia or something like you don't know who I am, but I've been on your show plenty of times. And it's huh. online. You can Google it. You can see why I've been promoted your show on thousands of social media networks. You hit Google, really? put in Action Radio and pass the dungeon and CEO, and then we're going to have a real conversation. Because okay, I've so been doing it enough. for so long. Yeah, I've been doing it. You asked, but right after you asked the question before I can answer it, you went on ahead and completed my sentence. So how can I answer <laughs> a question for you okay. if you're answering it? Well, I mean, Pastor Don's been on the show a bunch of times. I mean, uh, you know, so am I trying to pass no, Don okay. or the other person? All right. So, Pastor Don, I mean, like I said, you've called me from all kinds of places with different phone numbers, and there I recognize this one. There you go. You know, so I know that. So okay. you're always, but I don't, you've never texted me. You've, I've never received a text from you. You might have received a text and you didn't have my number saved. Possibly. Well, then it, would, then it wouldn't have gone to my phone. And, of course, I don't give out my personal spell number, obviously. So the only place you can get me is either live chat or call the show. But if you text the 215 number, 383-3832, that's the call-in number. That doesn't take texts. So there's, there's no way to, to okay. get a message from there. I've been on this show for, I say, at least the last six years. And I know this is not my first time talking to you. I talk to you on Facebook. I talk to you on the show, behind the scenes, everything. This entertainment okay. industry, I know the people, we ran out of time. You got another show to get on. I appreciate your time. You have a great day, brother. Okay, sounds good. Take care. Actually, worked out well because we're out of time anyway, so this was good. All right, uh, there we go. So, this has been a fascinating show. Uh, we got a little bit of everything. <laughs> we had uh, we had live chat going with some furious debates there. Uh, we had a whole bunch of really interesting callers. Uh, we had Wendy. I mean, our regular reporters, Wendy and Shelby. Uh, we covered the whole debt issue. We covered a constitutional amendment. We got to talk travel. And we got folks that are coming on plugging their show without asking. I mean, this is a really interesting day. <laughs> it's funny how it all works out, all right? So uh, now that you can't come on and plug your show, but again, I ask the same thing that, uh, that you do, uh, you know, and I talk about getting hundreds of texts and all. Nah, never happened, but that's okay. Um, I think that's what else is. I've got a couple more things to play uh, for you, a couple more announcements, and then we'll be done. And back tomorrow morning. So tomorrow, Thursday, 7 a.m. Central Time, we'll be back. And the only thing I have scheduled right now uh, is uh, CJ's Wellness uh, at uh, 9 o'clock. So the first two hours, uh, I don't know, I might get another interview from my WEBY Classics Vault um, and then talk for an hour about something completely different. But this has been fun. So I only got one of my articles done, but uh, I'll take care of the other one another time. In the meantime, uh, the website's blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction is our show site. The um, legislative site is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E. I-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, and our substack, gregpenglis.substack.com, uh, and uh, my personal email is, oh, not my personal, but my, my public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com, and our, our contribution site is givesendgo.com slash actionradio. A little bit of stuff to play for you, and then I'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time, and we will do it all again. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout 
W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L, comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.